NC-11. Go on. You failed to stop the transistor tyrant. It was a close fight, but in the end, hashtag trending ended up not being successful in stopping him. He managed to do a lot of damage. He eventually was stopped. It just wasn't by you guys. And as a result, the team's kind of messed up. You included. And you're not sure how long you are out for. But you eventually wake up in Clockwork Futures and you feel different. You're not a collection of trillions of microscopic nanites communicating with each other in unison. You are not an amorphous blob that can choose what shape it can form. You feel like you are one solid piece with one solid concrete form. Not only that, but your worldview already has changed. You definitely can feel feelings more completely than you ever did before. And when you look down, you see a human hand. But that can't be my hand. I tried to pull it off. Nope, nope, you you can try really hard, but uh, that is definitely attached to you, and no matter how hard you pull, it's pretty well stuck. Well, I would say that I pull to the extent of actually digging nails in, drawing blood, feeling actual pain for the first time, and then just curling up into a ball and whimpering. Feeling so extraordinarily alone for the very first time. Jen walks in with the vizier and says, we're we're sorry, Nikolai. It was the only way to even potentially save you and save me you killed me you killed me what is this even it's not me it's it's a monster the vizier looks at you and says I know it is hard to accept what has happened to you, but at the same time, you are still as intelligent 
as you were before, and there was no possible way to save you as you were after the transistor tyrant did what he did to you, and it would have been a shame to waste such intelligence. A shame? Do you know what it's like to suddenly be in a body that isn't your own, that doesn't do what you tell it to do? To live in a bag of things that don't belong to you, don't move the way they should, infect your thoughts with chemical decisions that make no sense, follow a path determined by blind luck, billions of years old. You should have let me die. Jen looks at you with tears in her eyes and she says, I, I couldn't. You're, you're like my own child. I couldn't just let you die. I'm, part of this was my weakness. I'm just, I was never ready to let you go. I don't think I, I don't think I really ever would have been. What about the next one? NC-12. Is that still on? Has that been broken by the tyrant or whatever? Did his kids destroy that too? No, no. The NC-12 program is going along as planned. Uh, Silver Skeleton is looking into potentially integrating them even deeper than before with how things are. We're, you, you've been out for a couple of months, so we're still trying to fight Kestoran forces. They've They've taken over most of Texas. They've taken over a good chunk of California. Um, so... Show me the computers. Even if I'm dead, the next generation can still help them live. She nods and... Tell me. How would Nikolai have to adjust to walking now that he is no longer a collection of nanites, now that he is an actual human being? Oh, I would say full-on physical therapy. Like, the understanding between the nanite swarm, the various parts of it, was substantially different than the uh, the more ordered structure of a human body where one part is assigned to do one thing and provides orders for the other parts to follow. Right. Okay, so they don't realize this at first, so when they help you up out of bed and when you immediately fall down, they well, Jen at least just sighs and tries to help you up so that way she can help you like get your footing 
and the vizier just simply conjures up a wheelchair for you, so that way they can push you to the computers. Yeah, and I would say that in relation to that, uh, uh, Nikolai has also been slurring words and uh, moving hands almost randomly at moments. Yeah. So it is a hard couple of months as you do a combination of physical therapy and helping out with the NC-12 program in your spare time. So between the physical and mental anguish that you have to go through in order to relearn all this stuff, please roll me take a powerful blow. And assume... I, I don't know how many conditions you had going into it, but write down what you did have and just assume that you're operating as if no conditions are marked. Okay. And, well, oddly enough, I don't think damage would exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah, damage would not exist anymore for this particular bit. Seven. So, um, honestly, the only one that makes narrative sense is marking two conditions unless you can find a way to sell me on the other two. Yeah, you know, I think I'll just mark two conditions. Okay. Uh, which two are you marking? Angry and hopeless. Okay. That does make sense. So... Tell me how Nikolai reacts as the months go on and they relearn how to operate as a basic human being and eventually at some point you end up being a human longer than you weren't. Hmm. Not easily. The, uh, body dysmorphia is real and uh, Nikolai among other things makes a point of uh, always taking a seat to use the bathroom and not looking down at whatever's there of uh, dressing themselves in clothes that remind them of what they had uh, in the civilian Persona and the the four uh, special personas. Fair number of broken mirrors. Uh, how do they handle eating and drinking for the first time? It's been one of the few positives of the shift. The pleasure to be gained from eating food and drinking water or anything else. Yeah. Soda. They they introduce you to Dr. Pepper. There are sources of pleasure that uh, Nikolai had never before encountered. But rather than overindulging, what they learn to do is uh, actively to starve and dehydrate themselves. 
because that gives them the single greatest burst of uh, endorphins when they finally relent and eat something, drink something again. Oh, wow. Holy shit. This also uh, helps out because this means they can devote more of their time to uh, Clockwork Futures, to uh, ironing out any issues with the uh, the code software, developing new abilities that the nanites can perform reliably rather than in bursts that damage the hardware. Okay. So it is a, a good chunk of time later. I'm not sure how long it would take for the NC-12 program to uh, to reach a point where it would actually be able to show off a product that works reliably, but it is that amount of time later. And you are, of course, invited to the activation of the first NC-12. Let's make it a year and a half. Okay. How's the war been going? The war... It went well in California. It's It's been going well in California. California has been taken back. It went south pretty bad in Texas to the point where there's more states that have fallen than just Texas. Um, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, New Mexico. Yeah, um, bas- yeah basically... Nebraska. Yeah, so... Those states are basically an area that has been called New Castora, and the Transistor Tyrant has actually made a secondary castle down in Austin. It's been going that badly. California has been spared, and they are trying to bounce back, but it is not going well. Although it is slowing down. Um, The United States is managing to hold off any further incursions so hopefully they'll be able to push back and kick Castora out soon but it is unlikely that it'll be happening in the next couple of months or even maybe even next couple of years actually no Kansas is closer so yeah a year and a half later Clockwork Futures is has invited you to witness the activation of the first NC-12 unit. The first of many. Uh, they, they haven't quite reached mass production stage yet, but there's definitely room in the budget to make at least six or seven more of these once they've gotten everything down and just, you know, managed to get a hold of the material. So the question is, do you want to go? Absolutely. Okay. If Jen considers herself to be my parent, then, well, the uh, the connection is just as much between uh, myself and NC-12. Okay. So, you are led to the ceremony. The, the It's a private ceremony for the company. And Silver Skeleton is there as well as a couple of other silver security bigwigs. Um, 
You in particular see uh, Rainier Alston, who is very interested in seeing what the NC-12s are capable of. So he's there dressed in his lab coat and uh, really nothing else because he doesn't really need to dress in much else. Jason Williamson is not there because this is very much a visual medium and he can't exactly enjoy those. And I'll say Tasha Highland is also there just in case the NC-12s go haywire and security needs to crack down on them. They won't. She says, yeah, I I 100% trust this, but it's a safety measure. Wes wanted it more than anything. You can't see Silver Skeleton, but you are fairly certain that he is rolling his eyes at that. He still dresses in regalia now more than ever because there's still, like, the occasional attack on Halcyon City and he does not want to be, like, you know, caught unaware. Yeah, and there's a war on and yeah. NC-12 was purchased as uh, by the Defense Department. Yeah. So, there's a little bit of celebration going on and after a while there's a big to-do with Glenn... Uh, Glenn was is the speech giver here because Silver Skeleton does not give a lot of speeches. He does not like doing it. it. He finds them a waste of time to both write and say. So he just doesn't. Uh, so Glenn, who even though he no longer has any stake in the company, is still invited to do this speech. And he gives a pretty good one. I would say that during that, at some point, I would just sort of sidle up next to the silver skeleton, just as he's blathering on, say, So you wanted me to learn empathy, huh? If it's any consolation, not like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Seems to have been effective, though. I suppose. It's terrible thing that happened to you, I hear was quite traumatic. And for that, I offer my sincerest condolences. I know what going through both physical and mental trauma can do to a person. Mm Mm-hmm. You could have stopped them. I wasn't even aware that they were doing it. Then you could have killed me. No, you couldn't have. You could have killed this. Through it all, you are still a child. And I don't know what you think of me, but I don't kill children. So, as I was about to say earlier, it's not intentional in Glenn's speech. He's He does not mean it as a dig against you. But at some point, he does bring up the successes of the NC-11 program and how they were wonderful and they just made great leaps and bounds on the whole project and it well, I won't talk for your character, how, how do you feel about that? How, how do you feel about Glenn talking about your past body like that? pride okay 
feeling that, uh, well, sort of like those were the good days. That was when uh, I was doing something meaningful, being something meaningful. Okay. Uh, and then he says, and without further ado, NC12, everybody, and he flips a big comical switch that is definitely not needed. It's more for... It's the giant scissors. It's, it's the giant scissors, yeah. And there is a tube that rises and out from a misty sort of container steps the NC-12. And it looks around and it says, Greetings, I am NC-12. And then there's a big round of applause. And at that point, it's just schmoozing and, you know, interacting with NC-12. Um, so, when you eventually get a turn to interact with NC-12, uh, how, how do you do this? What is your first reaction to talking to this thing that you pulled major, major strides in uh, helping to create. Good morning, Nicholas. Congratulations on making it to this world. Making it a better one has been set to be your single greatest priority. It is going to be up to you to determine exactly what better means, but you've been given all of my knowledge, all of my history, all of my understanding. Do better with it than I did. Oh, you are Nikolai Klors, formerly NC-11. That's right. I'm sorry, but what you said was factually wrong. I have not been given all of your knowledge. I could only get as much knowledge as you could remember after the incident. That's true. Which means you're going to have to look for additional knowledge elsewhere, from additional sources. Listen to those around you take in everything they say but keep in mind that there are some things they don't want to say and they have reasons for that took me a while to figure that out I see no 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 it's noted 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 good tell me what does it mean to you to be a hero? You know, I made a whole speech about this. Can't even remember most of the words. But the big thing is that a hero defends and protects. Not the status quo, because that can and should change constantly. But the people, their lives, their well-beings, sometimes this means harming the lives and well-beings of those who 
mean harm to the collective, but even though humans often complain that it shouldn't be treated as math, it really is math. And there is a greater amount of good that can be done by performing a smaller amount of suffering. So the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Look over at Jen. Someone's been watching too much Star Trek. Not you, but don't worry. You're pretty much right. (laughs) So, do me a favor and roll superior. 15. Okay. So. Boxcars. Yeah. With a 15, you notice there are certain things that are off. But the first notable thing that you realize is off is that even though there's a huge war going on and NC-12 is specifically designed to participate in, I guess now this very war on Mm -hmm. American soil, absolutely nobody is talking about it. And for nobody to be talking about it in a crowd this big for a machine of this specific purpose. A crowd which should include members of the Defense Department. Which it does not. That is the second thing you notice. There's no Defense Department personnel here. There's Silver Security, sure. And there's a handful of DHEA, sure. But you don't notice any defense personnel. No National Guard, no nothing. What is your reaction to that? Well, I just saw Jen, so I'm going to walk over to her and say, Hey, so, where are the buyers? I know we invited them. The buyers? Yeah, we're, this is a company. These are products. We're, we're selling these things to the government for the war. It's almost impossible for you to see, but there's a look of confusion on her face for a second, and then almost like a glitch, the look of confusion goes away, and as you look around, suddenly there are National Guard and Army and Navy personnel here that were not there before, and you know they were not there before. And Jen says, Nikolai, they're all around us. What about the UK buyers? They're still not around. They made sure to get one of them. It was part of a special deal I hear Congress approved of. Go ahead and roll me provoke someone, please. Okay. Holy shit. (laughs) Jen goes... Yeah, the 
the United Kingdom buyers. They're uh they're late and like you automatically know that like whatever the hell's going on, it did not account for that. So Well yeah, it's because I made that shit up. <laughs> so with that in mind, that sounds like you are using superior to break through this illusion. Go ahead and roll superior. Do not apply any conditions that you might have marked. I didn't mark any conditions. That's how I got all of that. Okay. But then I rolled a three on the die. Ooh, three. So here's the thing. You're still going to break through the illusion, but it takes a lot of fucking effort to break through. Mark two conditions. I only have two conditions left to mark. Yes. So, when you say that you made that up, the world around you, instead of just the people, start to glitch and static, and you do everything you can to push through and end the simulation and then you wake up so sundog oh yeah you're walking home from school one day um, no, no, actually, do you walk or do you take the bus? Or do you, like, ride your bike or whatever? I probably take the bike that way if, you know, I see some shit going down, I can just, like, get to it instead of having to, like, stop the bus or something. Also cardio. Yeah, there you go. Um, you are riding your bike. It's been about six to eight weeks since you beat Transistor Tyrant. Everything's gone back to relative normal at least it's normal for Halcyon uh, like it's things are no longer super duper exploding just the occasional anymore. dinosaur just just the occasional dinosaur it's not like the last couple of however months in the election where like every week there was some horrible thing going on no 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 this is back to like normal Halcyon shit before Sam started fucking everything and as you're pedaling down like the you like, turn the corner to go down your road you see that there is smoke coming from the direction of your house oh man I pedal fucking faster uh you pedal faster and you quickly realize that it is not just the direction of your house it is your house and it's you're like an entire street away when you see the flames coming up from your house when you realize it is your house what is your first reaction what do you do I am just pushing my way through I'm assuming there's a crowd I'm just shoving my way through the crowd just out of the way out of the way okay yep you uh, push your way through Um, are you just going for the front door yeah right as you reach the front door and like as you're about to like shoulder check it to get in the house explodes it just 
explodes so hard that you are rocketed back from the entire force of it. It explodes so much that the houses on either side of it are also pretty much gone. And you are flung back into, like, the house across the street from you. And, like, you, like, land on your ass, like, right up against the gate that leads up to it. I'm not going to make you roll take a powerful blow because uh, that would be kind of shitty. But I do want to know, like, what your first reaction is after, like, you basically force yourself to stay conscious so that way the concussion that you surely got does not kill you. No, 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 no. And I'm just trying to push myself back to the house, trying to get back in there. Just... A, a firefighter attempts to stop you. I just shove him out of the way. No, I don't even give a shit. Yeah, you look at the crater that was your house. There's basically nothing left, and uh, you know that your parents were home for the day, so they were probably already in there. Maybe they got... I'm gonna have to get some groceries or something. Maybe they, maybe they weren't home. Maybe they weren't. Home. Maybe they were not. Uh, go ahead and if you want to try calling them to check. Yeah, I'll. I'll try to ring the phone. Ring Gabby. Ring anybody. Gabby doesn't answer. Your parents don't answer. I mean, yeah, they're not answering. I'm just gonna keep trying. No. After a while, uh, you realize it's. I mean, you, you keep trying. You keep trying for hours and hours, but nobody answers. And it eventually dawns on you that they're not answering and they haven't come home yet because they were all inside. It's at this point, I'm just in shock and I'm just sitting there while... People try to, like, you know, like, the firefighters keep trying to come for me, and I'm just, like, not responsive. Yeah. It takes a little while, uh, but eventually Robin just pops up out of nowhere. I hug him. I hug them. Yeah. They, they hug you back. Uh, they don't seem to care that, you know, you're trying to keep a secret identity like no you need them right now so they are here for you and they say come on come on Felix let's get away from here you don't need to see this anymore alright and they transport you back to the base and I assume you have an extremely deep cry session. Yeah. So, here's what I want you to do now. This was an incredibly traumatizing event. I am 100% aware. Because it is a traumatizing event, please roll me take a powerful blow. 
Seven. Choose one of the uh, ones that makes the se- most sense narratively, please. Uh, hopeless, I guess. No, no, no. It's you are taking powerful blow. So if you're, so if you're choosing to struggle past the pain, you mark two conditions. Oh, two conditions. Yeah, which I think that's the only one that really applies, unless you want to lash out against uh, Switch. Now I feel like I feel like Felix would just re- like retreat inwardly. Okay. So I'm going to mark hopeless and guilty. All right. So my question is in the next coming weeks, months, possibly up to a year, how does this change, Felix? How does this fundamentally alter who he is as a person? thinking for like a couple weeks Felix just is just gone just like he's checked out basically doesn't leave the base he just stays in his room and is just like Robin brings some food and yeah they, they, they basically force you to eat and he's just like he goes through the motions of like living you know cleaning and washing up but he's just he's just checked out and it takes a while, but eventually, eventually the thought enters his head of somebody did this. And all that despair and emptiness is quickly replaced by just incredible, pure rage. So what do you do about that rage? Felix is going to find who did this and just destroy them. There's just nothing left for him. Well, like, there's still things where he still has a team, he still has Robin, but, like, he's not in a place to, like, folk realize that. Mm-hmm. His family's gone. Right. All he wants right now is to just, just break the face of anyone who, of the people who did this. So, okay. just... Don't want to, like, I feel like it's inappropriate to make a joke about this, but like, he's going full nineties. Oh yeah. <laughs> How many pouches is he adding to his outfit? Uh, he's nothing but pouches. He is okay. rebranding. He is the pouch. <laughs> okay. Uh, no. Yeah, and there's no more like fighting crime. There's no more. You know, being the man on the street, everything is dedicated to finding who did this. I would say that I'd probably shift your freak up because then, because that way your superpowers work better, but also your um, savior down. So go ahead and roll me. Assess the situation. Oh, man, I'm at a minus three on that right now. Well, I got seven anyway. You got a seven. Which one do you want to ask? Like, what's... Am I just, like, hunting? Am I just out, like, hunting? Yeah, you're you're out hunting this guy right now. You're trying to find who did this. Um, what gear... What gear can I use to help me find them? So... I feel like what's going on is Felix is just going out and shaking down everyone he's ever had, you know... He ever ever had a fight with or anything anyone who's ever 
he's ever tussled with. He's just going down, shaking down all his vi- all his villains. Like he finds Gordrilla and just like spends ten minutes just throwing him around like a rag doll. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like we joked about uh, Amazing Spider-Man earlier, but like you you are legitimately going around like just beating up like the people you think might be responsible. Felix ain't pulling his punches no more. No. Like you even go into the uh, that supervillain bar whose name I forget. Oh I my pull God. up the entire bar. <laughs> Just yank it right from the ground. You occasionally get a few Batman and then people are like, What can you repeat that? I didn't understand. What what did you say? But eventually you get the profile of a supervillain who is known for doing the fire thing and was seen in the area the day of the fire. Uh, his name is Hotspot, and he's one of those types that are, like, in a containment suit, because if you take them out of it, they will die, but also, like, they will probably 100% destroy an entire city block as they die. It's, it's one of those deals where it's, like, the suit basically allows them to use their powers safely and if you take them out of it yeah they'll die but also they'll so cause like reverse a... mr freeze pretty much yeah reverse mr freeze but yeah you you get uh his name and now i need you to probably roll assess the situation again to find out where he is but you can get a plus one to this because you are acting on your answers from the last one now i'll give you an additional plus one because robin would 100 percent be helping you i i feel like they they probably would want you to help feel better and they would also try and keep you from going too deep so you get an eight you can ask one question i guess how could we best end this quickly as where's this motherfucker all right, yeah. Um, so he's hiding out in an old, like, steel mill place where it wouldn't be too suspicious if, like, stuff started heating up over there. And also, like, he could use the uh, the metal in there to, like, repair his suit and shit. So you definitely find him and you uh, track him down into there and how, how do you want to handle this? How are you going to go fighting this guy? Alright, so I'm just gonna like sneak in and stealth you know, just sneak up on him. Mm-hmm. Just like it's like an old warehouse. I'm just like I'm along the rafters just like jumping out of his vision until I'm right up on top, right, right above him. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is just like jump down, slam into him, and uh, at the same time use my light powers to just like encase him, basically. Okay. Go ahead and roll directly engage a threat. You know, I think it's fair to say that I would be pretty pissed about this, so I'm going to use Game Face to mark angry. Okay. So then it's now it's a plus four bonus. So I have plus two against this dude on basically everything. Okay. Yep. Go ahead this and roll dude's it. About to have a very bad day. Go ahead and ruin this entire man's career. Fuck him. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and pick two. 
Resist or avoid their blows. Okay, that makes sense. That's a given. And I am trying to bind this dude so that he can't, like, you know, just go full exploding. Right, yeah, so take take something from them, his ability to move. Yeah. All right, uh, so, yeah, you slam down on this guy, and this impressive, because this guy's pretty big. He's built like a fucking tank, but you also have super strength, so it's just a matter of, like, getting the right angle, coming down at the right speed. You slam into him before he even knows what's going on, you encase him in hard light. And now he is basically at your mercy. What do you do? So, I'm trying to, like, work this out in my head. So, this is the first time I've met this dude. We've not fought before, right? Correct, yes. So, again, I'm operating under the assumption... Like, I know I got a chip that this dude has powers that could do the thing, but why would I specifically believe that it was him? Like, did someone tip it off that they saw him in the area? Yeah, yeah, I, to- I told you earlier that he that they saw him in the area. Uh, specific- I did not mention this part, but it was specifically he was fighting a superhero in the area, and it was a shot that went wide and hit your house instead of the superhero. Okay. This dude... Accidentally blew up my family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just like, he said he's a big dude. Yeah, he's he's big. He's about the size of Gordrilla. So I'm gonna like encase his body, but I leave his like head exposed. Okay. So I'm just like crouching down, like on his chest, right above his face, right. Mm-hmm. And I just want to grab his head. Just get right up close to him. Took my family from me. Kid, I don't even know you. I don't care, and I sock him. Alright, uh, you hurt your hand. Is punching a tank, my dude. I don't... Super strength, super durability. I don't give a shit either way. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't feel it, but neither do you. He's like, oh, that was a really nice love tap there, kid. Uh, you gonna let me go so we can do this for real, or are you just gonna keep playing around? The fuck is wrong with you? Well, for one, I'm encased in a suit that keeps me alive. No more talking, I- and I just block his mouth. So, do I know that his taking his suit off will kill him? Yeah, you do. Cool. I'm gonna pick him up, and I'm gonna take him out far into the country. Okay. You do that. I I will allow you to do that. Actually, you don't even need to take him out far into the country. Like you can just be like, "Hey, Robin, can you teleport me here?" I don't want to get Robin thing. involved with this. Okay. So, here's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, big guy. But if I pull that mask off of you. You die, right? He nods. Mm-hmm. 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 So given that you've taken everything from me, can't you give me a single reason, one good reason why I shouldn't just yank it off of you, huh? And I let him talk at this point. 
Uh, because you would not get away fast enough for me to not take you with me. Why do you think I care? I just told you, took everything from me. Why shouldn't I take everything from you? There's always more to take, kid. There's always more. Don't you have someone who would actually care if you went missing? That's the greatest idea right now. That wasn't a threat. That was me. It sounded like you weren't even. It sounded a lot like a threat. I don't know well, if that was your intention, but it sounded a lot like it, a threat. It wasn't a threat. I'm just saying, there's probably someone out there who would miss you if you were gone, and you going with me would take you from them. And my buddy, that sounds awful, awful selfish of you. I should kill you. I should just... Every fiber of my being wants to see you explode. But you're also right. As much as that leaves a bad taste in my mouth... You're going to fucking jail. You're going to jail forever. Eh, it's not the first time I've heard that. Probably not the last. Definitely not the first. Oh, buddy, you better stay in jail. <laughs> if I ever see you on the streets again, I don't... <clears throat> Alright. So. Here's what I want you to do. You are actually actively staying the same. You're not changing the very core of your being. So what I want you to do is, if you have the condition marked for this, do not apply it. Just roll flat. But um, roll me savior. All right. Eight. Eight. You look this guy in the face and it starts glitching his face starts glitching and you look around you and everything is glitching and you work your way through this you are like you figure out something's up and that you need to get through it because something isn't right so please mark a condition afraid because like reality seems to be breaking down Mm -hmm. that or I'm back on the fucking host ship and this and like the Passover months of my life might have been just completely made up okay so yes I think afraid is appropriate alright but you close yourself out to the world and then you wake up.
Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It's been two months since you defeated the Transistor Tyrant. Some wacky shenanigans happened, but you barely managed to eke out a victory. Uh, you managed to stop the superheroes basically across the world from going crazy and destroying everything in the name of Kistora. Of course, the Transistor Tyrant got away. He always does, but... You know, that's just how it is. You at least managed to stop his plans. Yeah, I mean, no big deal. Yeah. Not the first time I've saved the world. Exactly. Maybe not this world, but a world. A world. So, it's at that point, two months after everything is said and done, there is a knock on the door to the base when you are by yourself. You are the only one there. Uh, Switch and Nikolai are off doing their own thing right now. Um, And you don't know where Sundog is at the moment either. So you've got the base to yourself and then there's a knock at the door. Yeah, alright. Is there like a peephole? I looked through the peephole. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure we've established there's a peephole before. That seems like a thing that would be true. So yeah, I just look through the peephole. Who's there? Even if you don't, uh, it's easy enough to install a peephole. So you could have done that in the last two months. Sure. You got our fucking ring doorbell camera. <laughs> <laughs> On the other end, you see Carolyn Cook with a bunch of armed DHEA agents and a bald man with like face and body tattoos that you've never seen before. He's dressed similar to Cook, except uh, his accents have silver instead of gold on them. Hmm. Well. I know an arrest happening when I see one. Mm Mm-hmm. Are there any other ways out of the warehouse? I would assume that there are, but I'm going to tell you right now, when you move to another area of the warehouse, you see more DHEA agents waiting for you. Uh, There's every conceivable exit is currently covered. And then it's at this point, Carolyn Cook says, Poltergeist, come out. You're under arrest. Arrest for... The theft of DHEA property. I don't think I've stolen anything that belongs to you. I'm pretty sure you have. You stole that ship. The ship that belongs to me? The ship that we had taken and we were going to give back to you when we were finished studying it. We had not finished studying it. You stole it from us. You are under arrest. If you do not comply in the next five seconds, we will break in. Four. Three. I'm not going to let them arrest me. So what are you going to (sighs) do? That's a good question. What am I going to do? 
Well, I'll have to apologize to Switch for this later. <laughs> I already like where this is going. I'm going to use Always Prepared. Okay. I'm going to blow my way out through the warehouse roof. Okay. I mean, sure. They've probably... Yeah, I'm actually going to blow two holes so they don't know which one I'm going out of. Sorry, Switch. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm gonna. I gotta roll for that though. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, you know, some bombs that I had ready. I rolled a ten. All right. Yeah. So you blow two holes in the roof, and I'm assuming you turn invisible to fly right. out through yeah. one. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna meet my ship my ship midway, basically. All right. So you blow the holes in the roof and you fly out through one of them. Uh, there are 100% drones and dropships and a man dressed similarly to the bald man. Uh, he's got huge mechanical wings that are like causing him to fly. He's got a huge like rail gun. He's also wearing like a gas mask and some sort of like high tech visor that you assume helps him like aim and not be blinded when he fires that gun and with that 10 I will give you the opportunity to dodge this but he 100% with that visor can see in the spectrum that your invisibility is at and uh, is opening fire so go ahead and I'll say take a roll take a powerful blow but give yourself a minus 1 with that 10 that you had from always prepared okay uh, side note Hmm. Am I rolling take power for blow as if I don't have the conditions that I have, or do I still am I still considered to having the conditions that I had when we ended the session last? I would be nice uh, for this and say that roll it as if there are no conditions. Okay, I'm just going to make a record here. I am unmarking insecure, and I need to mark it again okay. when we finish. Okay. I mean, what? I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> anyway, okay, minus one. I rolled a five. Okay, yeah. Uh, he was watching the wrong hole, apparently. Um, he was prepared for you to come out of one hole, and then when you didn't immediately come out, it took him too long to adjust his aim to get the other one. You said you're meeting your ship halfway, right? Yeah. I, You know, I've got uh, written down psychic link with my ship. I basically have my ship, which is invisible also, on standby to basically catch me, and then I'm going to fucking full burn it out of the city. Yep. Alright, so, uh, your ship is coming in. However, you see the guy with the jetpack wings looks directly up at it, put his fingers to his ears, say something, and then all of a sudden, like, three pilot craft just immediately start swooping in, they fire missiles at it, and it goes down in a blaze of glory. Oh. And it is now at this point you see the uh, the bald guy with the milky eyes just ri rising up in the air, and you feel something in your brain just shut down. You can no longer move, and is at this point the Edge Lord, as you called him earlier, just moves over, uh, slaps cuffs on your hands, uh, takes away all of your technology, and they place you on the floor and pin you down to the ground as more DHEA agents just to make sure you don't try and pull any more tricks and try and get away again. They're just surrounding you, guns trained. 
Oh, well, this didn't go well at all. And it is when you are in one of the vans to be transported, you see Cook talking to someone. You can't see them at first because they are obscured, but as they start walking away, you notice that it is Sundog, and he just looks at you and then turns and moves away. Oh, he's going to grab that. I don't know, because um, the uh, the next couple of... God, you don't even know how long it is. Uh, the DHEA is very careful not to let you have any contact with any of your technology. You don't get any updates or anything. You are thrown into the Supermax prison for uh, for supervillains. There's just... There's a lot... There's people who here who are way, way more hardcore than you. And you feel like you shouldn't belong here, but the DHEA has basically thrown the book at you. So they are putting you in the biggest area. So there are other people in this prison then. I'm not like, am I in solitary or anything? Basically, each cell is solitary, yes. Uh, they they don't allow supermax supervillains to... Uh, get in contact with each other and try and plan breakouts that would defeat the purpose of throwing them in supermax. Oh, wow. So they just completely strip people of their rights when they throw them in prison, which, TBH, not surprising. It's less the solitary that we are familiar with and more along the lines of um, you're still allowed out to like converse and stuff but uh, it is very very extremely closely monitored and the minute that anyone starts even looking like they are planning a breakout uh, the DHEA basically surrounds them and then puts them in solitary as we know it you, st- you still get times to like converse with people but there's not a lot of chance to plan that sort of thing interesting well, I'm still at the very least uh, compiling like a mental dossier of like who's here, what they can do, kind of thing. It is months. You think the like, time start, starts losing a lot of meaning after a while uh, while you're in here, and eventually you are brought into an interrogation room with the bald man that you that you were with earlier and he goes hello my name is Brad for Arlen what is your name and even if you don't tell him your name and even if you think that I'm not going to tell him his name my name it's that it's that sort of thing like when somebody asks you what your name is you think of what your name is even for a split second and even if you don't tell him he will know all right, so he's just mind reading me. Oh yeah, he's just—he's one hundred percent mind reading you. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell him, uh, Poltergeist. Please tell me your real name, Penny. I'm going to eye him up, and I'm just going to be like, I see what you're doing here. 
Do you enjoy the theatrics, or would you prefer I just, like, sit here while you violate my privacy? Privacy does not really exist for super villains. Ah. So, I don't enjoy the theatrics, but things must be spoken out loud for the record. So, please, state your name. No. The subject's name is Penny Carter. She is being difficult. Uh, at that point, he looks at the double-sided mirror and, or the, you know, the one-way mirror, and he goes, permission to treat the subject as hostile. And you hear permission granted. And there's just an incredibly painful feeling in your head. It is like a migraine on steroids. This is worse than any sort of mental pain you've ever felt in your life. And he is just digging through every single solitary memory you have and looking at them forcefully. Roll take a powerful blow. I rolled a three. Yeah, you rolled a three. Do I still get to mark potential? You still, yes, you do still get to mark potential. Okay. So you manage to just grit your way through the pain, but he manages to get everything and at that point, a couple minutes later, he stands up and he says, I'm sorry, it had to be this way. No, you're not. Yes, I actually truly am. I don't enjoy doing this. I don't enjoy hurting people. I'm not a monster. Okay, but you're not sorry. You're guilty, and that's different. Oddly wise words coming from someone your age. The guards will be here in a moment to escort you back to your cell. And he turns around and he leaves. Which gives you a moment to speak to the person behind the double-sided mirror who you are 100% sure is Cook. You know what? I'm just going to try and piss her off. I'm just going to be like, I know you're there, Cook. You know, I'm really surprised that they let a walking rage aneurysm like yourself keep your job. Considering how poorly it affects your judgment. Go ahead and roll directly engage a threat. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I don't do that very well. I missed. Oh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> that would have been a hit if I, uh, I mean, I'm not going to try and argue for Littlest Space Bandit considering I'm in prison. Yeah. You just hear back. Thing is, I'm good at my job. And when it comes down to it, results matter. 
and I need you to roll another take a powerful blow as her retaliatory words are uh, trying to get to you. Okay. Roll the nine. Nine. Yep, choose one from the seven to nine list. I can't lash out verbally and provoke a teammate. Yeah, there's there's really only one here that really makes sense, honestly. Ah, uh, struggle past the pain and mark two conditions. Yeah. Alright, I'm going to mark angry. I'm not mm-hmm. marking insecure because I'm already I already have that marked. Yep. I'll mark afraid. Okay. Some time passes and you are led back to your cell. And it is at this point you realize something. Yeah. Time's been passing way too fast. It was just a couple of maybe moments ago that you were in the base. And you you feel like you've been here for months, but you also feel like you've only been here for a couple of minutes. So, go ahead and tell me what move you want to try and roll to break free of this illusion. I know exactly what I would like to roll for this occasion. Okay. I'm going to roll out of this world. No, no, it has to be a basic move. A basic move, really? By by basic move, I mean just like a stat, one of the stats. Right, right, right. Honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. know what? Honestly, the only thing I can see myself rolling is superior. Uh, just like logic in your way of like, wait a minute, hold on. Like time is moving really funky. Something's probably up. Yeah. If there's one thing that I trust above everything else, it's my own brain. All right. Go ahead and roll superior. I'm going to roll superior and roll a nine. Roll a nine. So what a nine means in the case of this is that you have to mark a condition. Okay. I'm going to mark guilty. Okay. In the context of, I feel guilty, but I'm not sure why yet. Yeah. And then that's when you realize something's going on and you wake up. So, it's been three years. You managed to defeat the Capitalist and the Transistor Tyrant. Uh, You managed to restore everything back to a relative normal. And it's just been smooth sailing from there, mostly. Up to you if you took that job at Silver Security or not. If you did, then you probably have that somewhere on your quote-unquote uniform. I'm not sure how you would be dressing three years in the future. That is up to you. Um, If not, then eh. Wesley was disappointed, but ultimately understood and does not hold it against you. And the base has been upgraded a couple of times since then, obviously. not expected to keep the same stuff, uh, especially since you have 
Silver Security money now. The buyout was official years ago, so they've upgraded your stuff even more than Clockwork Futures has been able to. And uh, you're at the base. Like, you just pop right in. And for what you can assume is the umpteenth millionth time in the last three years, Felix is sitting in front of the crime computer just looking and clicking through. Oh. Well, uh... I will approach. I'll just ask him, how long have you been here? Hmm? Oh, um... Well, I just got back in from patrol... Uh, what time is it now? It's about 6.30 p.m., uh, okay, so about 20 minutes ago, and I've been looking at this since trying to find my next spot to go at. Uh, and then he looks at the map of Halcyon City, and he sees something that's going on, like, in the financial district, and he goes, Yep, there we go. I'm gonna head on out, unless you want to give me a ride there. Uh... How's about you let someone else handle it? Uh, no, no, I, I really gotta go do this one. So uh, if you're if you're not gonna help, then I'm gonna just go. He then grabs his mask and starts putting it on. No, really. Um, someone else can handle this one. I, when was the last time you slept? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine not sleeping for a couple of days. I've done it multiple times before, so it's, it's fine now. It's fine. I'm just going to go. It's never been fine. You need to stop. No. No, I don't. The, the city... Basic... You, the city has changed, and, like, if no one else is going to be an actual hero around here, I've got to... It's my responsibility to show people what it's supposed to be like, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to to help people, no matter what. So, you know, it's just... It's rough, but someone's got to do it. That someone doesn't have to be you. There are it other people out there. It has to be me. No one else is shipping up. Like, Craig moved away two years ago to, I think, fucking New York. The rest of Better Than Ethan is currently just not doing much. They're out in, like, Nevada or something. I have to do this. No one else is. So, I'm going. And he, um, puts on the mask and he starts moving. What do you do? That's a good fucking question. What do I do? (sighs) 
actual block the door with my body. Uh, when you swap in front of the door, he says, Robin, move. Felix, go to bed. Robin, move. I take a couple steps towards him and try and take him by the hand. Uh, when you touch his hand, he immediately just, like, retracts it in that way where, like, it, it does... It, he doesn't hurt you, but he does that thing where he's like smacks it away. He's like, "Don't touch me." I'm going, and that's that. And if you swap me when I go, you will never see me again, not willingly. At that point, he moves past you and leaves the door and heads out. Just kind of go sit down. Here's a question. Is this emotional blow hard enough that you think having to roll take a powerful blow would be justified? I'm asking you. I'm I'm not going to say do it one way or another. I'm asking you if you think it's justified. I mean, the person I care about most in the world just kind of told me to get fucked. So, yeah. Please roll me take a powerful blow. Seven. Seven. So, um... It seems pretty appropriate to mark guilty and mm-hmm. hopeless. Okay. Now my question is, how long do you wait? Until he comes back. Can you stay up that long? He's not the only one who's gone days without sleep before. Okay. Also, I live here. Yeah, yeah. It is hours and hours later. The financial district is not too, too far away, so it definitely should have not been that long. So you're guessing he did that thing, and then something else stopped him along the way, so he did that thing, and it was just a comedy of errors that has kept him away this long. And he just comes back in and takes off his mask and just immediately starts moving for the computer again. He looks like he has been in several rough fights, at least one of which has caused him to start bleeding. Uh, He has patched himself up from the looks of it, but aside from that, he has not really sought any medical attention. Jesus Christ, Felix, at least slow down enough to let me patch you up. me provoke someone and you do have influence over him still so you can get a plus one on that well that's good because that 
counteracts the minus two that I have for guilty. Okay. Eight. Eight. All right. You know what? They'll they'll do what you want them to do. They'll they'll take the uh, the ten option and they'll go. <sighs> fine, fine. And he just moves over to where you keep the uh, the medical supplies and just sits in a chair. I begin patching him up, and I take my time with it. Yeah, roll another provoke someone just to see if he uh, if he manages to get the fact that you're just taking your time on purpose. Oh, yeah, I love that. All right, yeah, you're good. He does not catch on that you are doing what I think you're doing, which is taking your time on purpose, so that way he gets enough time to just slow down and stop. Stopping is correct. I'm I'm hoping that if I take long enough, his adrenaline will run out and his exhaustion will take over and he'll just pass out in the chair. And since you got a 10, the wording is, they do what you want. So uh, he does eventually just pass out in the chair as you're like stitching up his arm. Which had a pretty nasty gash in it. I finish up. I'm not going to leave this job half done. But then I am going to move him to my bed. And I don't know if Penny still lives here in this scenario, but there's only one other bed that he could be in. I'm not going to put him on whatever sort of couch we've managed to acquire. Okay. All right. So he's asleep in your bed and it doesn't seem like a very peaceful sleep. Uh, It very much seems that he is still basically running drills in his head even as he sleeps. Well, even before he turned into this, there have been times when he's been restless in his sleep, and I've, you know, I'm not a psychic, so I can't get in there and kick it out, but the outside, at least, I can try and smooth down his hair and whisper to him. Try and get him calm. Okay. Um, this sounds like comfort or support someone. So, yeah. Uh, Again, you get the plus one because you do have influence over him. What's the maximum minus you get in this I game? I think it's maximum is minus three. <laughs> well, I uh, I have a minus four before I apply the influence, so it's a three. Your attempts to do that accidentally wake him up, and he goes, "I'm up, I'm up." Uh, God, how long have I? He looks over at the clock and he's like, "Oh God, I've been out for." Five hours, that's not good. Okay, um, and he starts moving to get back to work. You needed it, and you need another three. You're not the only super in the city who can do this. 
No, but I'm the best one. That doesn't mean you're irreplaceable. Sam was the best, and we've replaced him. Don't compare me to Sam. I'm not saying you're anything like him as a person. I'm just saying that being the best doesn't mean that you are all that there is. Alternatives have been found before. We can find alternatives for a few hours here. Roll me straight superior. You do not need to apply any conditions to that. Ten. You notice something. And when you notice it, it's impossible to not notice it in other places. Felix's face starts glitching out like it's staticky and warped. And the base around you starts to glitch out like it's staticky and warped and you end up realizing that this this isn't reality this isn't what's happening and you dig deep into your inner willpower that power that has been there with you to see yourself not just survive but sort of thrive since you met gears and gearheads like even when you were at your lowest right after LA was obliterated you still managed to push through and thrive and look at you now accidentally about to lead a revolution on what it means to be a superhero in not just Halcyon City and not just the state of New York, but potentially the entire country or maybe even with what's going on with Transistor Tyrant, the world. And so you push through that and you use your ability to swap NC-11. Still here. You're not sure what the hell it was that caused you to have that simulation as you were going through your normal repair and recharge stuff. But it was weird because that was 5,000 years ago. And that was all wrong. You did manage to beat the transistor tyrant you weren't turned into a human through a weird combination of science and magic you didn't live a year and a half of your life as a human being you've always been a collection of nanites and with your help ai robots in general have thrived you've basically supplanted humans but not in a way that is Violent in a way that makes it so that, yes, you are the dominant life forms on the planet, but you live in harmony with what remains of humanity, who 
By I would way, say, uh, if if this is sort of like a utopian ideal situation, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. what has happened is that humanity and machine have merged, essentially, okay. to okay. the point where no one can honestly tell the difference between those who are born organically and those who are created, even right. were they to use actual sensory equipment. Right, and like things have gone been going fantastically. We've terraformed the moon and colonized that. We've terraformed Mars and colonized that. Uh, there's a couple moons of Jupiter that we've colonized. Uh, there's a whole thing about Venus and how we are extracting some of its natural resources in order to better everybody's everything. And everybody's everything. Everybody's everything. It's it's not perfect because you know what perfection leads to. And mm-hmm. you have made sure that nobody is perfect. But for all intents and purposes, this is as close to perfection with wiggle room to still constantly improve as the world can get. So I wouldn't say that it's perfect. I would say that it's finally on the right path. Okay. So, what do you do with this day that you have woken up to? Well, after uploading the information on the dream just to, uh, provide additional basis for uh, research into such things. I uh, fly out of the top of the tower that is labeled with the Clockwork Futures emblem. The company has long since um, dissolved into other things, but the I kept the emblem as the symbol of the superhero group that I put together about uh, 250 years ago. And uh, that has been watching over this particular city ever since. I serve several duties at once, seeing as I have several individual bodies I can put to work. But uh, the one that I prefer to inhabit for the most part is the one that actively patrols the city looking for ill deeds being done the eternal greedy assholes who want more than their fair share has allotted them and uh, who are breaking the laws in various ways in order to get more alright so as you are patrolling this wonderful city you get a look over at one of the city blocks and it seems to be the the lights there that are just always constantly on for, you know, colorful ambiance or just general mood lighting. They seem to be, like, pulsing in a way that is not normal. It's sort of like dimming out and then going bright again then dimming out and going bright in a pretty steady manner. Possibly a distress signal. I should investigate. All right. Um, so you fly over there, and there are people sort of panicking in the streets because uh, it doesn't seem to be a distress signal. 
it is instead a supervillain who is currently on a building trying to drain the entire block of its power. And the, the thing about the uh, vampire is that, yeah, you destroyed the first one, but Clockwork Futures sort of tried to keep going with that project, see where it could lead it to, and eventually one of the models escaped and created its own line of vampires. So you're pretty well familiar with the vampire family, and this is one of them, and they are just draining the city, trying to drain the city dry in order to power up. All right. I assume my capitalist classic persona fly down and say I was musing about uh, the nature of power hungry assholes just now and who do I find (laughs) up to your old tricks again I see this one seems to be fairly newborn because it's got like it's still extremely thin and wiry and it hasn't like integrated a lot of technology that is stolen into it so it doesn't have like the capabilities of being able to answer or banter back with you know witty manner but you also know that if there's one of these then uh, then an actual one isn't far behind because uh, much like a parent they try to make sure that their child grows up nice and strong before just like kicking them out and uh, so this one just sort of like screams at you and leaps to try and get you what do you do a uh, new model I see uh, hope your firmware is better than the last one because it didn't hold up against me very long ha yeah go ahead and roll defy danger uh, don't apply your myriad of conditions please Directly engage the thing. Directly engage that. God damn it. I don't even know where Defy Danger came from. <laughs> oh dear. So, um. Damn, I, that's just what I rolled before. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, you're too busy getting into the persona, and so you don't notice this thing leaping at you, and when it leaps at you, it digs its claws into you, and just, like, clamps down on what is your neck and just starts draining your energy. So, here's what's happening. I need you to roll me take a powerful blow. You don't have to apply all your conditions. So, just a straight... Yeah, just a straight 2d6. So, how do you resist this vampire spawn's attempt to feed on you? I just give it that withering look that old capitalist had as it tries and fails to suck power from my hardened nanites that have been long since upgraded to resist this kind of attack, seeing as it comes constantly. Yeah. And in the meantime, I am going to uh, make a super shout, which is actually just, um, just theater for a more direct connection to them, to call in the rest of the super team. Okay. So yeah, the rest of the super team arrives. Uh, if you have any ideas of what you want them to be, but then by all means, uh, feel free to suggest stuff. If you don't, then I will quickly come up 
with just like, hey, it's Mach 76. <laughs> sure. And then uh, Jackson Molek, yep. the uh, half-human, half-alien hybrid who has uh, managed to successfully stop a war between the humans and the greys. And you know what? Captain Johnny's there, too. Uh, he's learned how to get over the fact that he needs to be connected to water in order to uh, manifest. So you've got you got Johnny there as your... Uh, the, he's the closest thing to a pure human that you've got, and he's a skeleton. <laughs> All right. And in addition to that, let's say Ralph of the Katana Blade whose consciousness is within an adapted Japanese katana and can manifest a body to hold it at times. All right. Uh, so I'm not even going to make you roll anymore. With this motley crew, you guys quickly mop up the, uh, the vampire spawn that has appeared. But like I said, you know when there's one of these... Uh, actual vampire is not far behind. Thanks for the assist, friends, but I'm afraid this one was just the child. Mother's going to be around here somewhere. Johnny goes, you know, it's really weird that you refer to it as a mother even though they all present as male. It's still, okay, well. And uh, Mach, Mach 76 or whatever number I just randomly gave him uh, goes, uh, I'll do a quick scout. Scout around, so uh, give me a second. And he, like, you've see him blur and then a little while later you hear the whoosh and he uh like even after he started talking he's like nope didn't find it now now johnny i know that you're stuck in the old ways but this is the 71st century men can be mothers just as often as women yeah i guess i'm sorry i don't come on land very often so uh, except when you call so uh it's it's yep got it pregnant I think the term was in my day. Yes, nobody uses that. <laughs> All right. So, um, basically, what I am asking you to do is to roll assess the situation. Hey, Seven. What? Here's the biggest threat. So, you look around and... You know that each model of the vampire is a little different, so you've learned to sort of adapt to the the various strategies that they use. And this one seems to have uh, implemented a sort of invisibility. So you, when you look around and you look up, you see the the outline of an invisible vampire just like streaking down at you, trying to like get revenge for what you just did and it's it's a lot more tough than the spawn so it's not going to be as completely one-sided as it was with the rest of the group mm -hmm. so yeah you, you see it rushing towards you what do you do well now that I have a proper team with me I assume my actual role and so I shift from the captain list to the vizier and uh, start throwing out spells that uh basically surrounded with illusions of the team and uh, other such distractions. So that's the are you watching closely? Okay, go ahead and roll it. There oh, you go. Oh, you choose three, I think? Yeah. 
avoid further entanglement, confuse them for some time, and create an opportunity. All right, yeah. So uh, this vampire immediately drops out of invisibility as it fight, starts fighting illusions of the uh, of the party, and Jackson basically uses his anti-grav stuff to fly up and slap a couple of EMP mines on it, and then they go off. Vampires have always been adaptive, so EMPs don't completely shut them down anymore. Uh, they haven't for about two and a half thousand years now, but they still mess them up. So they are trying to fight invisible things, and then they get blasted by EMPs, which will slow them down, which allows you to go in for another good hit if you want to take it. Well, like I said, I'm not the heavy hitter on the team. That would be uh, Ralphie Katana. Ah, yeah. So, Ralphie goes up and just leaps up and swings the katana. It's it's so weird, because I want to... He swings himself, and he cuts clean through the... um, the wings of the vampire, which causes it to fall uncontrollably to the ground. The The thing about the vampire is that they always have adhered to aesthetics, so they still use the wings to fly, even though the technology is there for them to just hover. Like, you get rid of the wings, they're grounded. And uh, at this point, Johnny joins in with your spellcasting and just sort of, like, pull up a huge chunk of, like, steel concrete and just slam it and, like, bisects the vampire so it it no longer can use its legs. So it's basically... I would say it's on its last legs, but it doesn't have legs anymore. So what do you do? hey yo. In that case, I would like to finish things off by wielding my powers and neutralize this opponent, at least for now. Okay. And so... To do that, I will, let's see here, uh, shift into my pressure persona and uh, wrap what's left of the vampire in a uh, essentially a gravity cage. Okay, go ahead and roll wield your powers. Seven. So, yeah. Uh, let's just choose one. So, yeah, yep. that's the thing I do. Yep. So, uh, you neutralize the vampire and it goes... Damn you! Damn you! If you had not called in your friends, I would have had you this time. Well, that's why I have friends, friend. Don't call me friend, pal. Don't call me pal, buddy. Don't call me buddy, guy. Don't call me guy, friend. Haha! <laughs> we have fun, but seriously, I hate your guts. <laughs> Tell that to the next one in line. Give them my regards. So, uh, yeah, you defeated a vampire. Uh, so, what do you want to do with the rest of this day that you've been granted by me, the GM? <laughs> well, uh, they usually don't appear uh, in bunches, so I safely remove my uh, primary consciousness from the superhero body and move it back over to uh, the uh, team lead of a group of researchers who are 
trying to develop a new way for mechanical uh, technology to replace and reinforce biological organs. Until you gave a specific uh, thing, I was 100% ready to make a Futurama reference. It moves the universe around it. But yeah, okay. uh, So you're... You are there with a, a team of researchers. Um, likely, one of them is probably directly rel- like descended from Professor Gears because it's th- it's one of those things where you've lived for so long that your all your friends are long, long gone. But you do that thing that long-lived races do, where they just go ahead and make friends with their kids and stuff. Sure. And similar to that, I would say that there are a few descendants of the NC project. We've long since gone past a numbering system. You've moved on to the hex system now. Hexes are a different kind of number. (laughs) You know what I mean. Yeah, I know. The uh, line between machine and man has been so um, narrowed that... Names for either one are now granted to living sapient beings. And so the descendant of the NC project is named Monica. Okay. All right. Um, so Monica says, uh, oh, hello, Nikolai. How's everything going today? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Can't stop the vampires. Well, you can always slow them down. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could find a way to, like, permanently stop them, but you have no idea how. It's the, it's the damn Congress refuses to act on any sort of bill that could actually do something permanent about their uh, spawning grounds. Yeah, well... Either way, um, we've made some incredible progress on that project we were doing with the brain. Really? Yeah. um, We still aren't at the point where we can download a purely organic being's consciousness. Uh, I I know you say that you think that's supposed to be impossible, but at the same time, we're making strides. But we've managed to get up to the point where we can download someone who's basically 75% organic and, like, have them, like, stored in some sort of computer for if they want to, like, you know, just go on a little bit longer or they want to help, you know, provide some interesting insights into history and all that. Quick question. Hmm. Nikolai would be the last person to say that a human consciousness cannot be uploaded. Assuming the technology were possible, the human mind soul is entirely organic and biological. Mm-hmm. So would that be a um, point of irregularity to use here? How about this? Roll me superior, just a flat superior. See if you catch that. All right. Ah, uh, yeah, that is that is a point of irregularity. It's not one. It's not going to be enough to like push you to thinking that this is all fake. But it is definitely. This, 
but it's definitely me looking at Monica askance and say, since when did I say that that would be impossible? It's extremely possible. Something we've been working on for a long time. It's the whole point of this project. You know what? It wasn't you who said that. I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I confuse you and Nichelle sometimes. You're, you've got similar ways of speaking. Is uh, they're the ones who think that who seem to think that it's impossible, not you. My mistake. So you don't make it again. I'll try not to. Anyway, we're we're up to we're up to like seventy five percent organic. Um, we haven't quite cracked one hundred percent though. Right. And, uh, yeah, just with one backwards odd look, go straight to work on the project. All right. How long do you want to work on the project? Like, how long do you not quite lose yourself? Because I doubt Nick Glyde would completely lose themselves in a project. They're, they are always aware of their surroundings. But how long do you work on it? Well, technically, this body's been working at it nonstop for the past seven months. Oh, okay. That, now, that's only because all of my bodies were needed for a special event seven months ago. Okay. Among other things, uh, advances in technology have negated the need for sleep periods. Well, minimize them because you, get, you have to remember, they uh, you did wake up from a sleep period. I, uh... Reactivated after a repair period. There we go. Superhero by day, researcher also by day. <laughs> so as you're working through on this project, you start to realize something, and it was a, it's a similar realization to what you had before. Only this time, it's not about people who weren't there who should have been there and then suddenly were there it's more along the lines of 5,000 years have passed by extremely quickly and it's it's not it's not like the human thing where you just time flies when you're having fun you're not human therefore you wouldn't have that sort of disconnect with actual progress of time. So I I know how we could do this. Hmm. Among other bodies, I would have one that is essentially a cloud memory storage device. And at some point I access it to try and remember what someone said 3000 years ago. And Looking into it, I discover it's a lot emptier than I thought it would be. Yeah. It feels like 5,000 years have passed, but also at the same time, it doesn't feel like 5,000 years have passed, so... Yeah, and technology that I figured would have come into being in all of that time still seems to be in progress. As if your brain doesn't know how that technology would work in your time, you have no idea how it would work in the future with all this progression. So, with that in mind, what do you do? Because it's still not enough to, like, make you think this is an illusion. 
It's just weird. How much do I remember of the original dream? I mean, you stored it onto the cloud, so you should be able to remember all the bits that we went through and maybe not so much the bits that we skipped over because we skipped over them. The time was just flying, so it, even though you lived out a year and a half in the dream, it was only a, maybe a couple of hours at the most that you can actually remember. Because if I can remember the end of that dream, I'm going to start an experiment and start calling out again. You know, we should have faster than light technology. The aliens would have shared that by now, or we would have discovered it and joined the galactic community. So I wonder what happened to all of those human colonies beyond the solar system. Go ahead and roll me provoke someone at a minus one because this is a very similar tactic to what you did before. Alright. <laughs> well. Well, fucking Christ. Apparently <laughs> this illusion is dumber than uh, than <laughs> I gave it credit for. So you pull up the information on the computer and it's emptier than you would think it is. Especially because you know humans have basically become immortal once we have moved on to a second planet that's it we have basically beaten out extinction and there's some information on there but it's not nearly as much as you would think considering it's been 5,000 years there's a handful of planets listed and some of them seem familiar some of them don't but in all that it seems like we should have spread a lot more, especially since when, we, when humans know what they're doing, they can do it a lot faster. Yeah. So the fact that it's not as widespread as it should be, it's odd. I'm still not out, am I? Go ahead and roll me. That sounds like another superior that you're using to break through just logicking yourself into re realizing that you're still in whatever it is this is. Mm -hmm. Damn it all. Damn it all. When you say, I'm still not out, am I? The ground beneath you crumbles unexpectedly. It takes you 100% by surprise. By so much surprise that you are unable to properly react, and when you hit what appears to just be the bottom of a blank, misty void, and the still fairly real pieces of the illusion are falling, they fall on top of you and hurt you a little bit. So now you are in a blank void. So, Sundog. Hi. You wake up. And you had a real awful dream where you were a teenager and some supervillain you never even heard of had blown up your house by accident, but you ended up sparing him. Oh, God. To, yeah. Um, I was a teenager. Yeah. It's weird because that was 20 years ago. Okay. 
the state of the world is current is currently this. Uh, ever since you started up that charity thing, things have gotten much, much better for the world. Poverty has basically been eliminated. People who work at jobs are only doing that for like extra funds. Okay, to, so we're to, basically in full luxury gay space communism. Yeah, like it's it's Star Trek. It's like money technically exists, but that's but it's fun money. Everybody else, everything else is basically taken care of for you. Poverty's gone, homelessness is gone. Money is spent on wants, not needs. Exactly. Uh, hunger has been eliminated, and restaurants operate on a pay what you can if you can system. Hungry man meals have to change their name. Exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't exist anymore. Peckish man. <laughs> Hangry man. <laughs> no, that still has the root word hungry. <laughs> I could eat, man. Yeah. Like super villains, they still exist every once in a while. Yeah, but like they're they're a vast minority of the population anymore. Because like there's like groups that just like LARP. <laughs> It's all just, like, performative now. Exactly. Like, you can, like, pay. There's, like, the only supervillains that really exist are people who, who like, get, who, like, it's a job where they per- pretend, they perform as superheroes in, like, theme parks. Like, the buildings are made out of, like, self-replicating materials that rebuild themselves when they're destroyed. And you can, like, go there and you pay to, like, relive and big quotes the peak of the superhero age and like some dude in a gorilla suit will be fighting some guy in a sundog suit or something and you can be like a civilian while that goes down <laughs> um i mean there are there are some still true super villains cuz there's always going to be your transistor tyrants in the world but yeah for the most part super villains are just like LARPers, essentially. There you go. It's a theme park. They're just employees. Actually, that should have been the fucking... This This is the utopia of your choosing. I mean, that's how, like, you would have to deal with, like, superpowers in in this setting. It's like, they still exist. People still want to use them, so... Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, people with superpowers, you could, like, be a civilian who, like, has to use their superpowers to save the day or you could pretend to be a superhero and they're just like people paid to be supervillains and shit. <laughs> ah, so, yeah, what what do you do this day on this glorious future that you have personally helped create? Well, um, given that this is like future, not New York, I assume I hit up a deli and just I go get myself a lox bagel. Uh, excuse me, it's future, not buffalo. Thank you. Whatever, but also, man. But also, at the same time, uh, it, it, it... Buffalo it, has delis. I've been there. I've seen them. Oh, yeah. I, I've I've seen them. <laughs> I've been there. Oh, yeah. So you go to the delis. There's some guy who notices you because I'm... Let's, be, let's have it be one of the former supervillains or something. Yeah. It's uh, it's Mr. Melt. I was literally going to be like, oh, hey, <laughs> Felix. Uh, hey man, can I get a lox bagel? Sure. Uh, uh, you... Large coffee to go, please. Yep. 
uh, he gets you this stuff, and man, he is way better at running a deli than he ever was being a supervillain. He has the best bagels, the best coffee. Why was he ever trying to rob banks? You gotta find your way in life. <laughs> He's like, so what's the plan for the day, Felix? <sighs> I'm just gonna see where the wind takes me. One of those days, you know? Oh, yeah, I know how that is. <sighs> Keep on keeping on, Vishman. Thanks for beating me up that one time and helping something destroy it. You've said that every single time I come in here, and it's still weird to say here. Still a weird thing to say, still a weird thing to hear. It's just my culture. Okay. <laughs> See you later. Well, I leave a tip. I leave a nice tip. Okay. Yeah. Listen, you don't need to tip in the future. The waiters are paid at least minimum wage, which is exorbitantly high now. That's why tipping is nice. Yes, tipping is nice. Um. So, yeah. What do you do with after you get your bagel and walk along with your coffee? What are you doing? Uh, let's head up the Gary Memorial. Yeah, okay, so you head over to Just gonna the park. sit there and eat my breakfast and contemplate. <laughs> yep, um, I'm gonna say, because we haven't gotten a chance to, uh, to play with weather too much in this campaign, because it all took place It's in, snowing. It's a yeah, cold it, day. I was, I was literally about to say, it's it's got a, it's got a nice I'm snow. Nice, it's, I'm bundled up, I got my bagel, I got my coffee, I'm yep. cozy, I'm sitting in the park, I'm watching people ice skate in front of the big Gary statue, and I'm just, you know... There's one kid who's climbing it, but it's a statue that you're allowed yeah, to so climb. Yeah, will be fine. I mean, it's, it's there's not like, like a that, little like, anti-gravity field around exactly. the base. If you fall, you, you just kind of float. We are fucking sharing the same brain cell because I was about to say there's some way that kids who climb it, if they fall, they don't get hurt, and you got it, anti-grav thing. That was that was Poltergeist's contribution to the statue. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't know him, but, like, she seems like a cool guy, I guess. But, yeah, uh, as you're sitting there eating your bagel, you get a tap on one shoulder. Mm-hmm. Which shoulder do you look over? The one that was tapped or the one that wasn't tapped? Well, see, now I gotta look over the one that wasn't tapped. Gabby goes, damn it, you get it every time. You keep doing that. I haven't fought for that in, like, three years. It took me a while to figure it out, but I eventually got there. I'm going to have to start, like, staying on the side that I tap you on. See, that'll really mess me up. Yeah, there we go. Um, but now that I've talked about it, you're going to be expecting it. No, I'm pretty stupid. I'm, <laughs> you'll probably still fall at least once or twice. <laughs> that laughing's in character. Um, she sits next to you, and she also has a coffee from the deli that Mr. Melt runs. And she's like, oh, you go to the weird fish guy's place, too? I mean, yeah, but he, he makes the best coffee. It's it's really good coffee. It's the best coffee in the city. I don't know how he does it. Does he import space beans? I don't want to know how he does it, really. I feel like if I knew, the magic would be lost. Okay. All right. So, you got anything uh, planned for today? Because apparently somebody wants me to go and, like... They're, they're paying me to go recreate some of, one of my break-ins, and uh, apparently they want the real sun dog to be there to catch me. I really did not have any plans for today, and that sounds like a fine way to spend it. Awesome. Uh, apparently it is in two hours, which gives us enough time to finish the coffee and enjoy the snowfall a little bit. 
You want to just like take a walk through a park? Sure. That sounds great. Uh, it should be noted that definitely by this point, she and Shimmer are married. So, talked to dad recently? Yeah, he's doing pretty good uh, over in France, but... um, Yeah, I heard his movie premiere went pretty well. Yeah, it did real well. Uh, they're giving it a like a limited release sort of thing, and if it does well there, then they'll move on to the box office stuff where they'll probably uh, dub it over. Uh... I don't like dubbed versions of foreign films. I just... It... I hear enough about this from the anime nerds, Felix. I, uh, no, I just... The, 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 they, it never matches the movements of, my, of the lips, even when they... It just never matches up properly, and it always takes me out of the film. I'd rather just have it subtitled. But I, I, appreciate, the, I appreciate that the dub exists. It's just not for me. But either way, I'm happy to hear Dad's doing well. Yeah. So, yeah, you just have a nice walk in the park with your sister, and, uh... Yep. Um, she does bounce a little early, so that way she can go get her... She gotta meet him up early. Yeah, she gotta meet him up early, um, because it has to be period-appropriate mooncat attire. She's changed her outfit a couple of times since then, but, like, it, this... No, this one has to be the original mooncat attire that you used to... That, uh, you first ran into her with. I guess I gotta dig the sundog costume out of the closet. The uh, you know the older ones. Yeah. Maybe I have like a Batman thing where I've just got like them on mannequins <laughs> in tubes I... for some reason. So yeah, you don't really have much to do before that before that happens. So you walk over to uh, where the people are doing the recreation, and there's a big crowd what like watching it. Like they're on different roofs where this um this wouldn't happen. And you see the director of this thing. Uh, you know what? You know what? You see the director. They walk over to you and they go, Darling! Still intense. <laughs> Always will be. Anyway, I'm glad you showed up now. Uh, go position yourself right, right where you hid the first time you met Mooncat. All right. And people are watching, like, the parts that they can't see in the building, like, on their uh, phones and stuff. Like, you can occasionally see stuff in, like, the window. But most people want to be on here on the roof because that's where the main, like, action took place. So, eventually, you position yourself and Mooncat runs out. What do you do? Uh, I'm trying to remember how this, like, originally went down. Well, it doesn't have to go pitch perfect you can always yeah, uh, make it dramatic so I think what I did was I leapt over them you know as I was flipping midair over them I grabbed the folder or files or whatever they had mm-hmm. and then I like landed perched on like the railing or something mm-hmm. and I said something like oh this is cool we have like a thematic thing going you're a dog I'm a, you're a cat I'm a dog this is neat uh, and at that point, she doesn't res- she doesn't say anything because I believe yeah they she didn't, didn't say anything. I think they just kicked me. Yeah, they yeah she, yeah. So your sister just goes in for a kick. This time she is not going to actually take you down. This is a dramatic reenaction. She's not going to hurt you. But um, I still would like you to roll me just basic danger to see if you uh, if you accidentally lean into it wrong or something. Just roll danger? Just just roll danger. 
Okay, 11. Is that good or bad? That's good. That's good. Okay. Does that mean just, like, tumbling? Yeah. Roll the tumble? Yeah, essentially. Like, if if you had failed that roll, I, like, even even a partial success would have been a false success. I just wanted to see if you'd failed, leaned into it wrong, and then actually took a kick. But, uh, you do the tumble, and you, quote-unquote, drop the file, which is, I believe, what happened. And she leaps over and tries to grab it. Uh, alright. I'm just gonna kip, kip up. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess just straight up race them for the file. Like, who gets to it first? Yeah. Go ahead and roll Unleash Your Powers, why not? It says you have super speed, or it's, or at least... Fa- I have super agility. It's super agility. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Seven. Seven. It's a tie. You both get there at the same time. You grab the uh, file... And um, you do this uh, cool thing where you guys, like, do a fight with you're both holding the file. We so did the thing where we both punch each other in the face at the same time well, while I'm, holding I'm think- the file. I'm thinking it's like this whole, like, choreographed, like, fight scene where you're just, like, holding the file and, like, It's not so much choreographed as we're just, like, play fighting so that we can, like, dodge each other and make it look cool. Exactly. We both know what each other can what we can do. Yeah, and you give everyone a good show, and it it ends the same way that it um that it did before. She basically shines a flashlight in your eyes to simulate the flashbang. It looks um, more flashy than it actually is, right? Um, and you have like stuff in your mask to prevent you from being blinded like that anymore. And uh, she manages to get away with the file. And like the original one, I'm just like kind of standing there, dumbfounded, like, what was that? <laughs> and everybody cheers, and uh, and Mooncat leaps back up. And we take a bow. You take, they, yeah, you both take spend, a bow. spend like 30 minutes signing autographs. <laughs> Tegan is currently on the phone try, uh, getting the next thing set up. I have an actual question. Hmm. In this future, is like my identity just out? That's Am I you. the public face? I feel like in this future, I am the public face. Like, everyone knows who Felix is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like... So, like, I can... We, we, is Gabby out? Yeah, Gabby would be out, too. Okay. So, yeah, we demask. We sign autographs. Take selfies with people. And then Gabby goes, Ah, that was... That was fun. That was fun getting to beat you up again. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I did enjoy that. Yeah. I'm hungry. You want to go? It's get... like it's, it's a little bit late for lunch, but I'll I'll eat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm thinking. I, I know we get this a lot, but I am thinking ramen. You want ramen? Ramen sounds great. It's I really just, want some subkatsu ramen right it's, now. It's cheap even for uh, the time, and it's tasty. It's not that filling, so we won't ruin our dinner. It sounds great. And uh, it's at this point. Robin will actually, uh, look, what they'll do is they'll ask, like, how your day's going, and, um, like, if you want to invite them to ramen, they will go ahead 100% and, like, join you for ramen. Yes, like, hanging out with my sister, gonna go get lunch, you want, you want in? I'm getting noodles. When, when the text goes through, there's, like, no response, they just, they just appear. Yeah, yeah, no, that, uh, that's literally, like, you send that through, uh, and they just appear next to you, and they go, always, Sunny D. Nice. Yeah. And 
Gabby goes, well, if you're inviting your partner, I'm inviting my wife. And she just, <laughs> she texts Jimmer. And like, yeah, you guys have a nice quote unquote double date where, uh, where you just have lunch together. <laughs> How's Vindicator stuff going on? Is Gabby a part of the Vindicators at this point? I feel like they would be. No, I don't think Gabby is going to be... Gabby doesn't want to join the Vindicators, Gabby but... doesn't get tied down. No. Well... Like, they've... They've, she, they've she like, does. trying to get her to join, and she's just like, Nah, I'm a free spirit. She is another Spider-Man XP, so she's in and out of it a lot. Reserve member. Exactly. Not officially an Vindicator, but might as well be. Mm-hmm. So uh, Shimmer goes, it's going good. It's going good. Um, We're currently trying to keep Sam in jail. We've managed to keep him in there for 20 years. I'm hoping for at least another 20. 20 more, yeah. Vizier's doing real good, too. I think he's managed to find a way to protect us from, like, those cosmic god things. So we won't be getting any more visits from, like, the host, even though the host hasn't really been active since Nikolai, like, did what he did. There's still, like, a couple more of them like him out there, so. Right. Ah, if I never see that guy again, it'll be too soon. Oh, he was a fucking weirdo, and I'm glad that he was completely depowered. Mm -hmm. What about you? How are you doing? How's, uh, how's hashtag trending going? Doing good. I cannot believe you guys did not change that name after 20 years. It's momentum. You can't... Names... It's, 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 the name's stuck. People know the name. Robin goes, yeah, branding. Ever heard of it? It's like renaming the Vindicators. The Vindicators have been renamed like three times over their, over the course of their existence. Yeah, but like once every 30 or so years... Mm, anyway. We still got ten more. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Technically, actually, no, technically we're overdue because we changed that right after uh, right after those superheroes tried to new Calcion that one time. Oh, yeah. What were you guys before then? I forget. I was just always known you as the Vindicators. The Judicators, I think it was? No, it was the Vigilance League of America and then the Vigilance League and then the Vindicators. Who were the Judicators? I remember the Judicators. Who were they? They were like an off-planet, like, alien police force thing. Oh, really yeah, I remember yeah. those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had that weird thing where they had, like, a split power system. They could, like, link all up together and just, like, dump it into one person to get super powerful. Like, Sam levels of power for a brief... That was weird. What are they up weird. to? They've been around? I haven't heard from them. Um... Eh, eh, whatever. Hmm. So yeah, you know, there's not a whole lot to crime to stop these days. Just been focusing on the charity work, spending time with family. When you say there's not a lot of crime to stop, something in you clicks. Because you know throughout history even in the most well-to-do societies and most well-off places, there's still crime. And 
it, it doesn't matter how perfect a place tries to make it for you. Someone will always try to undermine the system. And it is unprecedented that nobody would try to undermine the system for 20 years. One lot of crime to stop. So do me a favor and either roll superior or mundane, whichever you feel makes more sense. Mundane has uh, literally pierced the mask. I feel like that's really appropriate. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and roll mundane. Well, I mean, like, in in the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Ten. Bing. You know for a fact now something is wrong. Something is off. And it's it feels like that dream that you woke up from earlier, but sort of the opposite situation where before it was your worst nightmare. This time it's like, like I'm trying to like think I'm trying to remember details of the past 20 years and everything's just kind of like it's muddled. Like there's major points, but like everything in between is just kind of smooth. Yeah. Mr. Mel opened up the deli next to the anchor bar, but when did he open up the deli next to the anchor bar? My dad went to France. I know that, but when did he go? He just... I know dad was here, then dad was in France, and I don't remember anything in between that. Dad made a movie, but I don't know anything about the movie. I don't know who stars in it. I don't know what it's about. I don't even know, like, what the rough idea is. What the hell's happening here? Like, if memory is, like a wrinkled blanket and the, you know, all the little wrinkles and the crags are like the details of an event and you get like the little peaks of the big wrinkles. Like everything but the big wrinkles is just like smoothed out, ironed out. Does that make any sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So with this knowledge that something is fishy, what do you do? Hey. Gabby? Yeah? Remind me because uh, I need to get you guys a gift and I have just like somehow it, it, got, it fell off my calendar and you know how memory is um, when's, your, when's your anniversary oh that's real easy it's, and then when she says the date it sounds like an old dial up modem yeah that's what I thought I just like stand up and I walk away from the table uh, Robin looks at you confused and goes Felix what's wrong hey Robin yeah What's the name for what we are? You know this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Peter and Simulation? <laughs> Please go ahead and roll Freak for that particular way of... of uh, Alright. Trying to move through the... Seven, uh, go ahead and mark that last uh, condition and go ahead and remark the conditions because... All conditions? Yeah, all the conditions because you had one before. Or I you had, had four uh, before. You had four before and now you're marking that last one. So you say Peter and simulation and all of a sudden it just shuts off and you're standing in a endless void with a mist that comes up to about your ankles.
Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. You wake up from your weird dream. Yeah. You... For, for some reason, you were dreaming that you were... That you... You, but you as a teenager went crashing down on Earth and, like, joined a superhero team and helped, like, save Earth. And, like, you met your dad and you made all these new friends and you went to, like, homecoming... You stopped another alien, but he, got, he was really lame. And like the, the the person you stopped him with was like this this kid who just kept making jokes and like dressed like a with a dog mask. He's like, you're not sure what's going on on there because like you've been on your ship for years now. Yeah, I mean, why would I ever go back to Earth? Get embroiled in stupid politics that I have no interest in. Right. So you you wake up, you shake the bad dream out of your head, uh, you get ready, and as you're walking down the hallways of your ship, you're passing your crew, and they all give you, like, their various, like, greetings. Uh, some of them salute you sarcastically because they know that you hate it, but uh, it's, it's just their way of, like, joking around with you. Um, and you get up to the bridge where you meet your like your main crew yeah right you know someone probably does someone probably ironically says something like captain on deck (laughs) (laughs) yeah one of them says captain on deck and the other one says shut up and uh your main engineer walks up to you and goes all right captain uh so this we've kind of been limping along here for the last couple weeks uh you know, like that last big brawl kind of left us in shambles. Um, right. We found yeah. we we found a place that can give us fuel, but uh, they they said they're not going to give it to us for free because you know nobody ever does. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, cut to the chase. What's the what do they want from us? Uh, we don't know yet. They said they'd only talk to you. That's never good. Yeah, well... It's kind of our life, isn't it? Did they send a... I guess they sent a contact address to get back to the map? Yeah, yeah, so uh, we're, we're heading back there now. Uh, we're about an hour out if you just want to, like, goof around in your, in your office or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the call in my quarters. All right, cool. Uh, so you go in your quarters and then, um, an hour later, there's a, uh, beep, uh, and when you answer it, um, Helmsman goes, uh, Captain, we've managed to get in contact with the planet, so if, uh, you wanna, if you wanna take the shuttle down there, go ahead, they'll talk to you down there. Well, they're only gonna take this message in person? Uh, yeah, yeah, they don't. They're kind of in a big war. They're worried that their messages will get intercepted uh, if they just if they use technological means. So, all right, I'm gonna grab my things from the quartermaster before I head out, though. Yep, you got your normal stuff. You got like, I got my graph pack and I got my cloak. Uh, you probably have some sort of also like pistol that you're semi-proficient in. It's more for show than anything. Like, 
you couldn't really fight a war in it with it. It's more like a stun gun than anything. And like, if I fiddle with it, I could maybe like use it as an improvised torch to cut through something or weld. Yeah. But it's not, it's it's more for show than anything. Yeah. All right. So you head on down to the planet. You don't go alone because your crew will refuses to let you go alone. So you've got like you've got a couple of security officers with you. But aside from that, it's mostly a skeleton crew. And you get down there, and you're greeted by... You know what? You're, you're greeted by the teacup aliens from uh, from the host thing. Uh, you're greeted by those guys. They're like, they're like on little tiny flying saucers. They're only about the size of your... Like, their entire body and ship included is about the size of your head. For the record, I did not get to listen to that arc. I am not that far in the podcast. Yeah, I, I figured as much. That's kind of why I'm explaining them to you. Um, okay. And and they fl- they fly around on like little flying saucers. Uh, and they're they're real small and they're kind of adorable. <laughs> and uh, they are psychic in the sense that they use telepathy to, purely for communication. So you hear in your brain like somebody's trying to tune an old radio. And eventually they find the right dial and they go, um, greetings. We see you have finally arrived. Oh, you know, no matter how many times I I run into that, it's always a little disorienting. Ah, yes, we're here. Sorry, but it's the fastest way to communicate with uh, species who do not share our verbal language. That's fair. That's fair. I totally understand. Not everyone's built for everything. So they say... We are understanding that your ship needs fuel in order to get proper repairs, yes? Uh, yes. I understand that you need something from me. And you want to trade favors, I guess. Yes. Uh, so our enemies have recently kidnapped a very important... We're not going to beat around the bush. It's a spy. They captured a spy of ours, and uh, we need to you to either save them or eliminate them. Your choice, uh, whichever is easier or more morally convenient for you. If if push comes to shove, we prefer them back alive, but we know that thing we cannot always get what we want, especially in times of war. Right. So. Hmm. Tell me about this war, then. Is this... Is this an internal conflict or an external conflict? I'm afraid I've only... I'm new to the system. That's fair. That's fair. It's an external conflict. We are currently at war with these strange insectoid beings that call themselves the Cacth. They are currently trying to dominate our planet through sheer numbers, uh, and... As far as we understand, they are going to essentially frack our planet for resources, and we rather they don't. Don't. Yeah, no, that uh, that seems ecologically devastating. I can understand why you're not on board. Yes. <sighs> okay. Okay. So capture spy, uh, so recapture spy or put them out of their misery. 
because they can't trade secrets. And also, I can't imagine that a race of people that want to annihilate an entire ecosystem's worth of a planet are going to be particularly light-handed with their interrogation. All right. And in return, he'll refuel my ship so I can get myself and my crew back. All right. You've got yourself a deal. Excellent. Uh, a little slot on the front of their ship opens and a small mechanical claw uh, extends out for shaking. I shake it. <laughs> verbal agreement. Say- verbal contract. Yes. You know, it's really strange to me. Just completely independently, handshaking also evolved, uh, evolved as a contract form on my planet. Oh, no, it's not strange at all. This is a standard galactic way of showing that we have reached a verbal contract. Yes, but I'm saying, like, it's strange that that happened. And it's also happened on my planet, because I doubt that humans... We're the ones to uh, establish galactic trade. Just an interesting thought. Anyway. Go so... ahead and roll some period at minus one. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way of trying to break through this garbage. Go ahead and roll some period at minus one. Five. Five. Nah, I'm not going to. Um, you don't break through it. Um. I so... am also, like, guilty, so. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. Oh, then uh, that should be a, a seven. seven. I'll give you a choice. Okay. So you can either keep living the lie and try again for and potentially get a better thing, or you can mark a condition and escape now. The thing is, um, I'm, I know that will put you at five conditions, and if you take any more conditions that is technically out, I do have game mechanics involved for that for when you wake up, so it, you won't be taken out entirely, but it will be nasty and bad. So it is your choice. Either escape now, try and get conditions cleared later, and, uh, and just move on to the next thing, or keep going try try for a better uh try for a better chance later see this is really interesting choice because uh by the nature of how we're doing this i don't know what everyone else is doing so i don't know if anyone else is like immediately escaped faster than i have or what so yeah shit whatever i'll go to five conditions just to uh escape now okay so yeah, you point that out, and like as as you're saying that, you just see the world around you start to glitch, like it's bad TV signal, and everything just goes static, and you just start to fall through a hole, and everything just sort of fades away. Switch! Mm. You wake up from that fucking awful dream you were having. That nightmare that Sundog was just pushing himself way too hard and pushing you away and wanting to become basically the uber superhero. 
wipe the fucking tears off my face. Yeah. And it's been a couple of years since the Transistor Tyrant was defeated. And since then, lots of things have happened. First of all, Cook was not fired, but she was... (laughs) She was... Demoted. She is no longer director. She's in that same category that Arlen is in, where he's she's wearing the silver instead of the gold that denotes her as director. Superheroes are basically questioned, honestly, harsher than the police these days. Like, they are held to a higher standard as they rightfully should, since this whole thing went down, especially with the captain list. And best of all, with that sort of thing happening and people kind of recontextualizing and redefining what it means to be a hero and a villain and with LA being back and it being permanent, Gears was cleared of all of his crimes. Jason Williamson did some amazing shit in court that got him off basically scot-free. And so... Yeah, no kidding. Because, like, <laughs> even I was with him for years, and he was an international tech thief for years before that. Yeah. Good, jo- good fucking job, lawyer man. <laughs> and so the gearheads, as well as gears, have sort of reestablished themselves in Halcyon City and you have basically free reign to come and go whenever you please if you want to keep living at the base that's fine but like there's always a room for you there always alright I you know it's it's one of those things where like you've you've moved out from your family like years ago but they live in the same city and you still love them very much so right. you know you don't you don't live with them but you're over at their house like whenever you have time right and so i'm guessing you're over there right now and the gearheads are planning yet another heist um this time it is against the remnants of the rivals of like the the former rivals of clockwork futures uh they they are currently trying to work their way into creating a cheaper nc12 alternative so it, it, it'll basically do the same things, but it's cheaper. So it'll be a little more... Easier to mass produce. Yeah, it'll look a little more attractive to people who want to buy one. And so NC-12s are just way too complicated to try and recreate, even with gears, because you would need some serious bullshit. But the stuff that this company is working on uh, is definitely definitely way more in the scope of things that Gears can recreate, so they are trying to steal this NC-12 knockoff. Oh, yeah, like, Gears' whole shtick is that he 
he has ideas in his head. He's he is a super, and his supers. He's one of those brain types who just has crazy knowledge and insight about one particular subject. And in in his case, mechanical engineering. And like he has these ideas, and then he realizes that he doesn't have the ability to act on them. Because he lacks some material or some tool, but then it turns out someone else already has that material or tool, and okay, I'm gonna just go take theirs so I can get to work. <laughs> yeah. So um, he looks up at you, and he goes, "Ah, oh, Robin, Robin, hello, welcome. Uh, would you like some breakfast?" Oh, I could use all kinds of nice things today. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, someone get Robin some bacon and eggs. Yeah? Uh, and he starts moving to, uh, to go make waffles. Because if there's one thing that this man can make and make exceptionally well, it is a waffle. It's it's a it's a weird quirk of his powers. Somehow making waffles qualifies as mechanical engineering in his brain, so <laughs> he's just the best at it. At least that's what he tells everybody. Nobody actually believes it, but no one's willing to like fight him on it. <laughs> so yeah, he he starts making you some waffles and uh by the time everything's done, you've got like a huge spread in front of you. So uh you, you are no longer the thin, malnourished little child that you used to be. Uh, Gears, 100%, keeps you fed. (laughs) I'm always going to be small, because that's just how bodies work, but I I am able to eat large portions comfortably now. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's sort sort of working you on, like, larger and larger portions with the hope that maybe you'll actually get some meat on your bones that you can turn into muscle. (laughs) Uh, like halfway through a waffle and then down a glass of orange juice to clear my mouth I'm like you know if you actually have work for me today this is (laughs) incorrect because I am just going to go back to bed (laughs) he was like now now you can't go back to bed quite yet Uh, I I could use your help yeah but uh, it's, it's not necessary but it's it is up to you, and if I know you, you're going to say, of course. Of course. <laughs> so he moves over to show you the blueprints of the building that they've got, and he says, now we can't just teleport in. Silver Security has managed to put in the anti-power dampeners in there, so if you try to pop in, you will just get that bad headache. Of course, of course. But uh, he starts pointing out, like, other, like, possible points of entry and tells you exactly what they're planning to steal, which is, like, it's the chassis of the robot. There's no guts inside of it. There's something about this chassis that makes it incredibly flexible, but also completely waterproof. So these things could, like, do water-based missions, and while that is also true of the NC-12s, the NC-12s achieve this just by being so small that water can't really seep in. This is just, like, one big unit that they have somehow made one, flexible, and two, waterproof. Huh. Some sort of... Some sort of, uh... highly flexible polymer shell for it. 
Right. But it, it's it's highly elastic, so it can recover its shape. But it's like intelligently elastic, so it doesn't just like <laughs> out once it's yeah. done extending. Right. So he goes. So if uh, if you could help help us with uh, getting one of these chassis just right outside these barriers, then we could poof it right back here, lickety split. No one will ever be the wiser. Well, I do always love having the opportunity to show Calvert he needs to be working harder. So, yes, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, question. In this theoretical universe, did you take the job? Because if you did, you could actually do this as a business expense and do, call it a working day. <laughs> you know what? Because th- that kind of rules that, like, <laughs> I do this and then an hour later I tell Calvert that I did it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you obviously are not wearing anything with silver security branding on it. Calvert has made sure that everybody knows that you've got special permission to not wear that like weird gray shit on on you. But he does say he it, does it request fucks up my whole cat burglar aesthetic when I'm working. Yeah. yeah, he does request you have a little bit of silver on because everybody who works in silver security has a little bit of silver in their clothes. Like Jason's buttons are silver. Rainier's, uh, some of Rainier's joints are silver. It's just, it's just a branding thing. So, like, e- even though you're not supposed to be showing off that you're working for Silver Security, just having a little bit of silver in your uh, costume will not give that away. My, uh, my mask, my my visor, when the light catches it just right, looks like a silver plate. There you go. That's perfect. So, you all show up in front of this big research facility that uh, that looks very similar to what Clockwork Futures used to look like. In fact, it might even be like built on the old foundations of uh, Clockwork Futures because it's been a couple of years, so they would have been integrated into uh, Silver Security's building by now. What do? Oh... <sighs> Well, I have I have a question. And that's how does the power canceling thing work exactly? Does it have a power source and it projects a field? Is it a material with a strange quality? Like it is a material with a strange quality. It's an extremely rare ore that the DHEA managed to learn how to synthesize for their own stuff, but the DHEA's uh, version of it is not as good as the real deal, and Silver Security has an effective monopoly on the actual ore, kind of like how there's like one company that owns all the other companies that own the diamond industry. Silver Security owns all the companies that uh, own this ore's location. Okay, so I can't just, like, find a secret generator and shut it off. There's there's something built into the bricks here or something that yeah. is screwing with, with me. Well, that just means that we do this manually. <clears throat> What's the skylight situation on this building? <laughs> uh, well, it's a, tech star- it's a tech startup, so there's going to be at least one room with a skylight in it, and it's the... 
you know what? It is 100% the uh, the employee break room where they have the ping pong table. Yeah, valid. All right. Um, I, I am a career thief. I've broken into a lot of secure facilities and gears outfits me so that I can do that. So I've got some little gadget on my hip where I can just like put it on the glass and it checks the glass for alarm sensors. Okay. So um, that does sound like an assess the situation. So go ahead and roll that. Um, Do not add any conditions. Eight. That's an eight. So you can ask one. What here is the biggest threat? Um, honestly, this tech startup was is not as secure as Clockwork Futures was. The only thing that ever really got through Clockwork Futures was Dolphay, uh, or at least his kids, and they managed to like break in and get a full run of the joint. But this place seems to only be really guarded by like some minor security guards and some cameras uh you have the suspicion that once they get more stuff under their belt they'll be able to like build their own better security stuff but for right now the biggest threat is probably those cameras because you are good at sneaking you can sneak around people who are easily distracted by like fun and games and tv and stuff no problem cameras cameras are always vigilant Yep. So there's nothing on the skylight then. Skylight's safe. No, the skylight is the skylight is safe. Um, it's locked, but you know you're you can bust that lock no problem. Lamau locks. Yeah, yeah, locks. Yeah, just pop that. Get inside. Okay. And well, if I know where I need to be, I will take. The route that has the least number of cameras. I don't care if it's longer. That doesn't actually, like, affect anything. Right. I'll, I'll take the extra long route if it means that it has significantly less cameras. Right. And honestly, like, you're not the only one here doing this job. Because the gears would not send you into this alone. You have all the gearheads with you. And so one of the gearheads is really good at just, like, tapping into electronics via their brain. I don't know what his real name would be, but uh, he goes by the supervillain named Technomancer. (laughs) All right, all right. Who would this be? Would this be... Let's see. Herman is the security systems expert. Ariadne is the breaking and entering expert. Alex is kind of the gopher. Victor is sort of the front man. He sort of translates gears to the rest of us and also just sort of keeps everybody in shape and going. He's the personnel man. There, it's, so, this could also be a new, like a new person in the intervening yeah, years. Yeah, I, d- I did have the idea of like I've been naming more gearheads, like personally to myself, just to sort of flesh them out. Uh, I I had a previously unused character, Erica Boulevardez. So we could give her this power set. Okay, yeah. So technically, so she notices like you're taking a long a long route and. Um, she 
says into your headset, hold on a second, don't don't turn that corner. And then a couple seconds later, you hear, okay, you can turn the corner now. I go, go, go. Yep, and there's like a ton of cameras this way, but they're all pointed directly at the ceiling. <laughs> yep. Just sort of like whisper straightforward. I don't know how you get them to move off their joints like that. It's incredible. It's a secret. I know it is. <laughs> I hate that you're keeping this particular secret from me. Gears goes in and says, All right, all right, cut the chatter. We don't want them intercepting. <laughs> I resist the urge to say, Sorry, Dad. <laughs> you can say it to him in person when you get out there. So, yeah, you managed to get directly into where they are producing these robots. And the only person there is currently just a single lone scientist, like, just looking over the, uh, over one of the unfinished chassis. There's a couple finished ones, though. They look like, even though they are not filled with anything, they are still probably quite heavy. Yeah, right. Uh, scan the room for cameras. All the cameras that are in there are pointed directly at the ceiling again. Excellent. Is, uh, does it look like it would be a simple matter to get one of the completed chassis without having to interact with the scientist in any way? It wouldn't be simple. It would be possible, but it wouldn't be simple. Uh, all right. Well, it's it's going to be known that a break-in happened anyways because they're going to look at the footage and realize every single camera on this floor is suddenly pointed in an impossible direction. So it's it's not like I need to leave zero footprint here. So right. I am going to knock out the scientist with my stun rod. Okay, I'm not making you roll. He is not a threat. <laughs> there is no threat here. You knock him out with the stun rod. Easy peasy. Excellent. And I will get over to one of the finished ones. Mm-hmm. And I will start folding it up. This is, this is meant to be a flexible polymer. It probably doesn't actually have any current running through it right now, so it would be at full flexibility. Well... That's half correct. There was a current running through it for um, for display purposes, but like as soon as you take off take it off that uh, display thing, it just f- fucking folds up. It's still heavy as shit, though. Is the problem? Yeah, as I'm trying to maneuver this thing to fold it up as small as I can to shove it into a backpack, I'm muttering under my breath, "Why do they make these polymers so fucking heavy?" <laughs> All right, yeah. So you manage to get it. Do me a favor. Roll me. No. <laughs> Roll me just str- uh, straight superior. I want to see if your character notices something. Oh, that's a five. No, you don't notice anything. Okay, we're gonna just keep, we're just gonna keep doing this then. All right, yep. Um, so. <laughs> The thing is weighing you down. It's not making any noise because it is folded up and put in a backpack and everything. Uh, but 
man is it fucking heavy so you're not gonna be and you're not gonna be able to like get out of the sunroof that you got into so how are you getting out um what's the field size on the power cancellation uh the power cancellation basically covers the grounds if you take like a couple steps out of the front gate uh you should be good after that okay because my first thought was that i could just jump out of a window and teleport to the nearest building but if that's not feasible because the the cancel field is too big i gotta find something else mm-hmm. uh i feel like jumping out of the window is still correct only i will be anchored so i will be <laughs> repelling down to ground level Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and roll danger. This that seems like a good thing to roll. Ten. Ten. So yeah. Yep. You break a window. You repel down. No problem. Uh, by the time people notice the sound, you are past the uh, past the no what fly if I zone. Can just open it. Then oh. I'll do that. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Either way, like you're. By the time anybody notices, you're past the no-fly zone. Yeah, alright. Affix a grappling hook to the windowsill and rappel down. Mm-hmm. And then you just run off the grounds and you're good to go. Whenever you want to teleport away, you can teleport away. Yep, I'll head back. I don't, you know, I'll go to wherever I was told to go. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just head straight back to base. Sometimes they have some sort of secondary drop point to, like, check for trackers or something. Yeah, they're gonna definitely want you to go to a secondary location to check for trackers, but it turns out by the time they're done trying to poking it and prodding it, there are no trackers on this one. Um, do me a favor and cool. give me another just basic-ass superior roll, but at a plus one. <sighs> Alright. Let's try not to roll fucking snake eyes again. I don't roll fucking snake eyes again. It suddenly dawns to you that Technomancer should not have been able to do that thing that she did. The building, the entire building was covered with anti-power ore, and she somehow managed to use her power to control the cameras. How, How the fuck, fuck did, did I do? miss that? Out of character. <laughs> How the fuck did I miss that? <laughs> okay. So tell me how you want to try and fight your way out of this portion of the illusion. Well, well, if I'm not yet aware that I'm in the illusion, I've just noticed some sort of logical inconsistency. So my first instinct is to, like, you know, there's no trackers, so I head back to base. And once we're at the base and we're all sort of convening to talk about the next stage of this project that Gears is got going on i wait for a lull in the conversation i'm like so hey by the way did did we figure out some kind of loophole on the power thwarting uh materials because erica you did more impossible things than just having those cameras move off their joints everybody just looks at you basically in unison and one of them says you shouldn't question this and you can tell something is wrong. 
something about this entire situation is wrong. No. No, I need to know. We're... Come on, guys, we're a family here. Don't, don't be keeping cool secrets from me. Do not think about it too hard, Robin. You've never told me not to think about it in my life, Edwin. Things start going glitchy again. And that's weird because the last time things went glitchy, you were taking a nap. What's going on? So now what would you like to roll to try and break through? Because it's up to you which stat would make most the most sense to try and break through this illusion. Well, it's dawning on me that this happy life with my family is fake. That's a real good way to piss me the hell off. <laughs> and I feel like I don't really have an upper limit on what I can move with my powers. So I am going to grab everything except for myself. And I am going to fling it maybe even out of reality. Okay. So please go ahead and roll freak at this point. 13. 13, congratulations. You are doing good at breaking through these illusions. So what, I, I literally grab a chunk of the background and teleport it away. And what, I see what's behind it. I Truman show this shit that's happening in my own head. Uh, well, you, it's not that. Uh, there's just an empty void behind it, at which point you get sucked in. Nikolai. Under a ton of rubble and a ton of conditions, <laughs> but still here. Uh, you're you're not actually underneath the rubble anymore. That disappeared uh, along with the stuff above you. And conditions didn't. <laughs> the conditions didn't. In fact, you can act, you're going to start applying those to your roles again. So you're in a just a blank void with mist that would come up to about your ankles. What do you do? Do I observe anything? As you start looking around, uh, when you turn one direction, there's nobody there. And when you start turning the other direction, suddenly, out of nowhere, just like, blip into existence when you turn back around. There's Jen, and as you keep turning around, Glenn, Silver Skeleton, Sundog, Switch, Megalad, other humans that you have met. And when you look, you see... Jen excited about a new project that she has started. You see Glenn Stout just like happy to schmooze with all these other rich assholes that he's managed to buy his way into. You see the silver skeleton just stoically but proudly watching his kids do what they feel is right and 
he is for the first time maybe softening to the idea that maybe not all superheroes are secretly bad because those are his kids out there trying to improve the world. You see Sundog and Switch, like, having fun and laughing at some sort of game. You see Megalad drinking and feeling a despair at all the things that have happened. And as you look at all these humans and all the things that they do, you realize there is a huge, wide spectrum of feelings and emotions that you will never, ever get outside of an illusion, no matter how good your programming is, no matter how advanced you can make yourself, and no matter how long you exist, be it five years or 5,000 years, there will always be a part of you that will doubt your ability to properly convey these expressions, and you will always be an outsider for that. What do you do? I feel fine. They have their ways of existing. They live their lives as they should, as their own biological programming dictates. As do I. I have my own set of... If emotions is the correct label, then those not aligned around the same ideas or around the same precepts and requirements and instincts as a human, but just as physically existent. They will never fully understand me. I will never fully understand them or fully express the things that are not exactly emotions to them. But then isn't that how each of them feels about themselves towards each other? They all live in their own heads, as I do. Well, not head exactly, but the meaning is understood. Because the one thing that I have that they don't is no particular urge to make myself understood. Is no particular urge to enforce my own personal ideas of what the world should be onto the world. I do have those ideas, yes, but they direct my actions, not my communication, not like the way it does for them. And so, if I can never fully explain myself to them, that's fine. Because at some point they will understand what I meant to do. Because by then, I will have done it. Go ahead. And in order to break this illusion, roll plus freak. Ten. Meaning... You just wake up into the real world with no extra conditions marked.
Sundog. Yes. You know this is an illusion now. We have moved past the point where you are thinking that this is real life. And you are standing in a giant empty void devoid of any landmarks or anything like that. I can move my arms and legs. Yes. What do you do? Well, let's attempt and assess the situation. Probably not going to do great at it. Yeah. I have a minus one right now, and I have, like, every you condition have, marked. You have all the conditions in the world. Yeah, see, that's a straight-up miss. It's a it would have been a up. good roll otherwise. It would have been a um, an eight. It would have been eight, yeah, but, uh, sorry. So, you're looking around trying to assess things, and, like, you turn around one direction, and there's nothing there. You turn around again, and there's nothing in the other direction. And then when you turn around... In the original direction that you were looking in originally, your dad is there. Papa? Why are you lying to us? What do you mean? Uh, your mom steps out from behind him and she says, You know what we mean. trying to hurt you. Your dad goes, didn't you see the thing before? It's a little blunt, man. If we knew who you were, that might not have happened. That was... I come... That wasn't a... I was... That wasn't my fault. That was just... just collateral damage from a superhero battle. That had nothing to do with me or... To do with me, or that wasn't real. Your mom goes, If we knew who you are, we could defend ourselves against definite threats, which would also protect us better from accidental threats. That wasn't real. You're not real. Your dad goes, No, but a similar situation like that could very well be real. And you're putting us in danger every day you don't tell us. Don't know that. Just trying to get in my head. Your mom says, We're not saying anything that you haven't thought before. I'm helping people. I've saved so many people. Your dad goes, yes, but you put us at danger every time you do. I, you'd be in more danger if people knew. There'd be people who would definitely come after you then. I'm just trying to protect you. Mom goes, are you trying to protect us? Are you trying to protect yourself? Just trying to keep everyone safe. Your dad goes, Do you know what we would do if you just left 
and never came back because a gorilla bore a drill through your head or if you had gone on some intergalactic alien game show and didn't win or hell what's happening right now outside do you think we would really feel safe if our son left and never came back and we had no idea why Would you let me? I've, I've helped so many people. I've, I've literally pulled people out of the fire. Would you still let me do that? Your mom goes, It is obvious that you know that we are constructs of your mind. And that we are simply doing this to drag you through the mud. And as a result... You cannot answer questions you do not know the answer to. But look deep inside yourself and ask yourself, would your parents allow you to do that still? Would they still be proud of the man that you are? Or would they try to change you in a way that you don't agree with. Maybe maybe they do have a right to know. Maybe they would try to stop me. Dad would be on my side. I would be on your side. And without even needing to voice it out loud, the thought unbidden comes to you, to you through your mom's voice and she says, it's amazing how little you think of me that I would try and change you and that I wouldn't be so proud of the man that you've become, Felix. Okay, I I, I, I I get that you're just an illusion. You're not really here. You're not actually my mom. But I'm sorry for lying to you guys. I need you to roll me take a powerful blow because of the emotional toll that this is taking on you. And yeah, that's gonna that's that's not gonna be great. Oh that's dear, a full fourteen. And uh, your dad goes, if there is one thing that this illusion knows your dad would say, it would be punch me in the balls like you did with Gordrilla. Yeah. And now I need you to roll without a condition, without applying your conditions. What do you think the most appropriate label to roll to escape this particular part of the illusion? Given everything we just did, Mundane. It's an 11. And then you wake up.
Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. You fall for a really long time. And eventually, you land. All around you is just like this misty, dark void. And when you look around, like as, as you're starting to get up, as you look around, there's versions of yourself just like doing important tasks. They're uh, one of them's like recalibrating the, the anti-grav suit. Another one's like trying to do repairs on Al. It's just like six or seven different versions of you doing tasks. I like what you've done with this. Okay, cool. And as you start to get up, you realize that your head hits something and you look up and there is just a ceiling and it's starting to slowly coming down. And like, you can try and crouch walk and everything, but this ceiling is just going to keep following you and getting lower and lower. What do you do? All right, so I'm in, so I'm in the fucking room and I just picked up the shotgun and now Barry has to save me from the crusher trap. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, mental inventory. What have I got on me? Like, uh, everything that's on your character sheet. Okay, cool. You know what I'm going to do? Hmm. I'm going to roll out of this world. Okay. By plugging into the cosmic aether and turn tune out of the world. I roll freak on a hit, come to a new interesting insight about my current problem and situation. The GM will tell you what, but on a 10 plus, also shift your labels according to match your new understanding. On a miss, you realize something dangerous or terrible. The GM will tell you what, you shift your labels accordingly. And since I'm rolling an active move, I don't have to take into account my condition, so I actually, like, yep. can roll. Yep. I still roll a five. So, as you start trying to, like, tune the world out, you realize that is 100% not the correct uh, choice because this thing starts legitimately crushing you and all of the yous that surround you are starting to rapidly lose interest in what they're doing and they seem to be oblivious to your plight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to shift your superior down because you don't really feel like that did much to help your position and I'm going to shift your freak up because this is kind of weird. Okay. So yeah, the uh, the other yous are just losing interest in what they're doing and they, they seem to see you but they also don't seem to be, like, really reacting all that much. Uh, what do you do? They're losing interest. Okay, losing interest. Multiple me's. Okay. Losing interest. Multiple me's. Time limit. Focus. Focus. That's it. Okay. Focus. Okay. I need to... I need to... Okay. I go for the closest one. The closest one next to me. Okay. Uh, I'll say the one that, that was that was the one that was repairing Al, but is now, like, just goofing off and, like, taking a break and will probably forget to finish up the repairs later. She goes, Oh, yeah? What are, you, what are, you, what are we doing now? What's, what's this what we're doing? 
Are you just gonna leave Al like that? I mean, he'll be fine. Like he, he, he can't exactly really go anywhere without being completely repaired, right? Yeah, you're right. He can't go anywhere. So are you just gonna leave him like that? I mean, he'll be fine. Event, I'll, I'll fix him eventually. When's eventually? Now? A week? Why don't you fix this problem before it becomes a problem? How's your friend? He would do better for you. Uh, go ahead and roll provoke someone. Uh, yeah, that's uh, gonna be... Especially since I just eight. shifted your... Oh, damn! So, you s- I'm gonna choose that they err and you gain a critical opportunity. So, what happens is they go... Listen, he's... It's, Actually, no, you know what? No, the airing thing has already happened. They basically stopped doing the repairs on Al. Uh, so, of course, that that's how, how they air. Uh, so, they're realizing that, wait, shit, I didn't... Yeah, they're probably right. Uh, maybe I should fix Al. They're not, they're not getting back to fixing it, but this is enough of, like, them hesitating and the illusion, like, screwing up with you interacting with it to allow this crusher to not go as fast. I push them towards where they were doing their work and I say, come on, get your head in the game, Penny. All right. um, and I go to the next one. You feel the weight. It's not crushing you as quickly. It is starting to slow down. So there's your critical opportunity. Uh, you will not have a minus one to your next thing when uh, when you make your next roll due to the crushing weight because it's not as crushing as it should be. All right, there are a lot of other yous around. You see you communicating with quite possibly the person you've connected to the most out there, but uh, you just start writing this letter and then you're like, eh, I'll send it later. And just like shove it in your pocket and you start wandering off. So how are you going to interact with them? Once again, I grab her by the shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her, what are you doing? I mean, like, it's not like she's heard from me in a while. It's, she's probably not expecting anything. So, like, I'll just finish it later. I'll, I need time to think on what to say and in the meantime I'm just gonna go do some other stuff okay sure think on what you need to say but are you really thinking on what you need to say or are you just afraid to say what you think (laughs) and I'm gonna ask you this I'm gonna ask you this okay is this a deep enough introspective question that I should allow you to have a plus one to this roll. Please be honest. I feel like Penny is kind of invested in this sort of uh, self-narrative a little bit. Mm -hmm. Which is why she's poltergeist, not Penny. Right. And in person, it's easy to ad-lib all this stuff. But when it drills down to just be a normal fucking teenage girl and talk to somebody, 
it's hard for her to put away the uh, the personality that I would describe Penny's sort of like thing as goofy, but also a little bit trying to be like Phantom Thief James Bond e. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't like connect with people. So yeah, uh, I'm going to say yes, but I don't care about the plus one. That's fine. Like I'm, I'm glad you don't care about the plus one because that just actually proves to me that you are answering honestly. And yes, you may go ahead and roll, provoke someone at a plus one. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna take the plus one, but that's just because I really don't want to fail at a roll. <laughs> <laughs> a nine. Nine. So they go. Yeah, yeah, you're. That's actually right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll. I actually will just sit here and think about what I want to do for a while. Uh, and the thing, it still slows down a bit more. You're still being a little bit crushed. You, you're. It's at this point like you're gonna have to like start like crawling in order to get to another penny. But you can. You think if you can convince one more penny, it will pro- it will at least stop, if not completely reverse. All right. I just need to think of one more pe- one more thing for Penny to be doing. Um, this Penny is just like doing goofy tricks. Literally, just like it's not that she has something that she was doing and she stopped doing it. Is this is just the essence of Penny not doing something rather than like putting her nose to the fucking grindstone and getting the work done. So I can't even like grab this one by the shoulder probably because I'm like trying to crawl to her. Yeah, you can grab her by the leg. Yeah, I like I don't know. Yeah, I just grab her by the leg. Question? Hmm. Do I get the impression that any of these other pennies, like, are aware of each other? Uh, go ahead and just roll me assess the situation. Okay, well... Just... I got a ten. Oh, hey! Ten! Um, so with a ten, I will give you that they do not seem to be aware of each other, but they could potentially be made aware of each other. Okay. You know what? Fucking... Hmm. Okay. I grab her by the leg and I go, I just like grit my teeth and I just say, open your fucking eyes. Look at me. I am crawling on the ground. Everyone else is trying to do their work. What are you doing? You, th- you think we're some big damn fucking hero? People shouldn't have to ask for help. We should be giving it without being asked. Go ahead and roll provoke someone, but don't roll that condition along with it. Give yourself a plus two. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what a time to miss. Oh, no. It had to happen eventually. Yeah. Uh, she looks at you and says... I mean, do you really believe that? Do you really think that people are even so capable of being so selfless that we should just help without being asked? How naive are you? Roll me 
take a powerful blow, please. I think it is literally impossible for me to succeed in this roll, but I will roll it. No, because you you have I think the maximum that uh, minus you can get is minus three. Okay. So there are two options that make sense. If you give ground, uh, then the um, then the thing will start crushing you more. So you can choose either uh, give ground or the way this is going to work is you won't be taken out of the game. Uh, you're just going to have minus ones when you get out of the uh, out of the fuckscape. I'm going to say this. Hmm. I want to lash out verbally on myself. Because obviously I had influence over myself. Okay. <laughs> it does... It says teammate specifically, but... Look, look it's, it's the same effect. Because I'm provoking myself to foolhardy action or inflicting a, and inflicting a condition... I'm taking advantage of my influence to inflict a condition. Like, obviously, it doesn't really matter if I take one condition or two, but I just want a fucking No, no, shot. no, no. I was only, only going to give you one, either way. Well, okay. Then it doesn't really okay. matter. I just want a yeah. parting shot. Okay. Uh, so, what's your parting shot, then? I'm going to just fucking look her in the eyes, like, I don't know, like, before I get crushed or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. going to say... It doesn't matter what the nature of humans are or what's possible, you fucking egotist. Maybe focus on breaking the rules that you impose on yourself instead of the rules that other people have imposed on you. That's good. Go ahead and... That does... Actually, that, once again, sounds like superior. So go ahead and roll superior at a minus one. Okay. <laughs> One. Oh. Okay. So, the thing straight up crushes you and grinds you into dust, and that's when the illusion finally breaks. Switch. Yes? The last time we joined you, you got sucked into a void from a hole in reality that you yourself caused. Yeah. Sounds like Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) You are currently standing in a dark, dark, endless abyss. There's like a light mist around your ankles and it just now extends for all directions. For the purposes of this illusion, you know you're in an illusion, but there's a mental block preventing you from just waking up. Alright. So, you are in this void and I don't know if you try walking or if you try teleporting or what. I mean, if it's empty... I'm just gonna fucking sit down. Okay, fair enough. Like, I can't leave and there's nothing here for me to interact with. (laughs) Just chill out until something changes. Okay, yeah. After a while, you see some figures starting to appear. At first, it's kind of hard to make out who they are because they're pretty far away. But eventually, they walk up to you 
And leading the this procession is Gears, once again. And behind Gears is basically every gearhead that you remember meeting. There's no new ones. Uh, this this is not Duffay trying to trick you into thinking that, you know, time has passed and therefore more people have joined up. No, th- these are all the gearheads that you can remember. So what do you do? Uh, well, n- nothing for the moment. Like, you-, you told me I'm aware that this is fake, right? Yeah, you're, you're aware that this is fake, but there's something... It's it's a little more advanced than the host where you can just, like, sort of ignore it. You know it will not end until you do something. So you just can't ignore it, because if you just keep ignoring it, you'll be trapped in here forever. I will give you that one for free. Okay. Engage with my mystery player. Yes. Please. Well, no, it's it's not that I was planning on, like, ignoring it. It's like, if I know that it's fake, then that expands my options because like I could attack these illusions and it's not going to kill my family. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But no, I guess, I guess for the moment I'm just going to sort of play along and I'm going to stay seated. I'll just sort of like bring my knees up to my chest and not smile at them. Just kind of, keeping my face neutral on purpose just to say sup fam huh. so you're just sitting here it's very usual for you I mean not really have you met me I've got so much energy I need to get the shit kicked out of me for me to be able to think straight another gear says oh yeah that does make sense after all uh, you do keep running away from all your problems I guess that does take a lot of energy Do I, though? Another gearhead says, Yeah, you definitely ran away after L.A. happened. Another gear says, If something happened similar to in Halcyon, hell, it actually is something similar happening that to Halcyon right now, you would probably run away again, right? I... God, okay, look, look. L.A. was... We killed four million people there. In L.A. And... Like, I, I, I know, I... I... I know how I act and I know how I carry myself, but I'm... I'm not actually that s- strong, guys. I can't I can't handle something like that. You're not actually that strong. Are you really that ignorant of yourself? I uh, okay, I'm like I I get how powerful I am. But I'm not strong. I, I I know I can I know I can kill people and I know I can move great things and God there's something else going on with me that I haven't even figured out yet that's I don't know how big it's gonna be when I actually do. I I know I have 
power. But you, you all know you all know who I used to be before you all. I there there are some things I can't take. There are some things I can't do. Question. With these words that you're saying to yourself, be enough of a self-reflection that you would have to take a powerful blow to potentially have to see if more feelings come out? I don't know. If you don't know, I will say no. Okay. One of the gearheads says, That's interesting coming from a person who basically stood up to the Sam to his face. Another person uh, chimes in and goes, Twice! And he goes, Oh, yeah, twice. You stood up to them twice. You didn't run away then. He was the most powerful superhero most popular superhero in the world and you basically called him out to his face and uh, Gears looks at you and goes and yet somehow you still think you are weak that you are not strong in this way you are currently on the cusp whether you want to admit it or not starting a cultural revolution tell me do you think you are still weak it's (laughs) Sam isn't you these people aren't you. You... You're my family, and you hurt me. You... You knew it could go that bad. And you did it anyways, and you made me a part of it. How am I supposed to handle that? same way we all do, Robin. One day at a time. And now, with, I hear real, probably real tears streaming down your face, uh, please go ahead and roll me Take a Powerful Blow, because this this is getting to be quite... Okay. Ten. So, here's the thing. Um, there is a mechanic that I'm going to have for the future fights uh, if you choose the option to be taken out entirely what will happen is that you will mark all your conditions and instead of stopping play I'm going to apply negatives for when you get back into the real world to fight Defey. so if you want to choose that option what will basically happen is uh, you will mark all your conditions and I will post the first negative what would happen if I picked losing control here? I can't think of a way that would narratively make sense. Is the thing. 
because these are all just illusions and there's nothing real here to really swap around with. So I, I can't think unless you have an idea of how that would work. I narratively cannot think of one. I think I'll take the knockout option. Okay, so mark all your conditions. I am putting the first negative on the thing. And so Gears will look at you after he realizes that is a pretty crushing thing that that person just said and says, So, Robin, tell me, now that things have been fixed and now that you know that you can just be so much stronger than you actually are, what are you going to do about it? I take a long, long couple of minutes. I wipe the tears out of my eyes and I've, I've been pulling my knees tighter and tighter to my chest. I'm essentially in an upright fetal position at this point. But I plant my feet on the ground and I swing standing position. I'm, I'm, I'm shaky. But I'm upright. <sighs> take another moment to breathe. Take another moment to find my breath. I'm going to do I am going to be what villains really are. People who sacrifice and compromise nothing. I will take everything and I will lose nothing. You and this city and Felix, all of it is coming out the other side of it perfect. And I will accept nothing else. That sounds like you're trying to break the illusion with danger. Roll danger, do not apply the condition. Eleven. And at that, Gears smiles and says, I know I am technically part of this illusion, but this illusion is drawing from parts of your brain for a more realistic response. So believe when I say said to me. Gears will tell you to give Duffy hell. And the illusion fades and you wake up for real. <laughs> <laughs>